I'm Mike Bridenstine, and these guys fuck, and I have listened to none tape. I have something to start the show. I uh, I was. Have you listened to Hunk yet today? I know it's a Monday show now. Yeah, I haven't gotten to it yet. No. Uh, oh yeah, listeners we recorded on Monday this week. So yeah, I just finished it this afternoon, and you know how I like to sometimes start the show with some trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this was pretty good trivia. So this is the origins of a very popular song. And I'll let you try to guess what song they're talking about at some point because I'll have to stop it because I think they're going to give it away. And then um, they do a little ad-libbing, which I think is actually pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> let me hit play here. And see, Feel free. Raise your hand if you think you know the song. <laughs> you guys wanna hear? Well, Wikipedia says the origins of this, the co-founder, Ronald Bell, the group's saxophonist and musical arranger, explained the origins of the song. The initial idea came from the Quran. I was reading a passage where God was creating Adam and the angels were celebrating and singing praises. That inspired me to write the basic chorus. The basic chords, the line, everyone around the world. All right, all right, all right. Oh, shit. Did you hear it? Did you hear the lyrics? No. Oh, okay. No. Any and guess? I have no idea. Any guess that uh, the Quran and the creation of the world, what song this inspired? Wow. Do you want uh, any hints? I, I can give you a hint. Okay. It's on every wedding's do not playlist. Oh, that doesn't help me at all. Um, I do not play, so it would be played, so it's a hit. Uh, no, DJ, yes, it's a hit. From 1981, but it feels like it's from the 70s. Um, it's, it's, you, you've heard it at every corporate function you've ever been at, probably every wedding you've been at, even if it's on the do not playlist, because DJs can't help it. They're <laughs> like, hey, there's <laughs> white people here that are older than 40. I bet they want to hear this song. <laughs> what is it? I'm dying. You well, never yeah, know where inspiration is going to come. Celebrate good celebrate times. Uh, good times, Quran. But Casey, how it originally yeah. came. Come on. Quran. If you play the extended version, <laughs> celebrate good times, Quran. Yeah. Don't let me in his damn house. <laughs> Should we record? Yeah, one, two, three. That's Haram. All right, you ready? I am ready. <laughs> Are you recording? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. I no offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Boom. Welcome to Non-Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with your hosts Dustin and Alan, two political nomads from two different worlds. Shout out to Reverend Peyton's big damn band for the use of their song Ways and Means for intro music. Thank you for joining us. The time of this recording, it is Monday, March 27, 2023. It's a great day for America. <laughs> we are two coastal elites coming to you from the shores of the mighty Cumberland in Madison, Tennessee, all the way to the Pacific waters of El Cerrito, California. Here to recap another week of current events and sharing way too much of our tragic personal lives. Please subscribe right now wherever you listen to this. We don't have an advertising budget. Y'all are ads. If you haven't left us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, please do so right now. And if you're cool, which you're cool, 
uh, head on over to fungiblenuntakens.com and you can buy some of our cool merch and we can all be cool together. Uh, and uh, also, other thing cool people do is they go over to Slickets Digital. If you're looking to expand your brand, head on over to Slickets Digital for all your SEO and marketing needs. Alan? Hell yeah. What is up? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hope you all had a great week. Yes, we are recording on a Monday. Uh that's because I start vacation on Wednesday. Yeah. So we're going to do the Friday show tomorrow. We're doing the big show tonight. Um, I can't wait to be on vacation, man. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, vacation time, anyways, uh, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't get up to a whole lot last week. I did almost throw away a large amount of money. Wow. What's the story hear? there? Yeah, actually, I'm suddenly realizing I have no notes about my personal life. So I'm going to text <laughs> Natasha in a, in a hurry. Well, you... <laughs> Okay, so I was going through my mail yesterday. I was kind of like organizing my place and, you know, doing some different stuff. And uh, so I was going through some mail that I had left, you know, just not really dealt with. And there was a, an envelope that said middle class tax refund on it. Okay. And I had always assumed it was a scam. Yeah. So yeah, it says I that on even, the outside. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even bothered to open it. And I was like, yeah, I was. So, I almost threw it away. I was actually at the garbage can, about to throw it in, in the recycling, and I felt like a credit card inside it. Oh, and I was like, that's weird. What's that? So I hadn't even opened it. So I, I just assumed it was a scam. Yeah. So I opened it, and it really was. There was a credit card in there with a significant amount of money on it. Really? I was like, what? Yeah, and what? I think I've had it for like a month. I oh didn't my even god! Know. I no wait, <laughs> wait, what is this? Some California bullshit? I guess oh, I don't even remember. This inflation, uh, uh, they did it for inflation. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> they I money. About they it. expanded the money supply to help with inflation. We're so fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Everything we're dealing with is a response of expanding the money supply, and they're like, "Well, you know, it works with that. <laughs> More money." <laughs> How about that? I, I, one that thing something? with California that does make sense with that is that they have a lot of money that's in banks or held somewhere that they can't do anything with from, from weed revenues. Right. So if they're redistributing mm -hmm. that, uh, I'm more a fan of it than printing new money. Oh yeah. yeah but I, I would agree. I would be paying myself back. Oh. <laughs> it's your weed <laughs> refund. Yeah. Uh, how about you, man? What'd you get up to? Uh, I have no idea. Natasha hasn't texted me back. Best I can tell you is Friday night. We went out, um, a friend of ours that she does burlesque with also like, she's a performer, like first and foremost, she's in a band. Um, and oh, cool. so, yeah, so we watched her do a bar show. That's where I took those pictures of the onion rings and I asked how many onion rings can you stuff oh. in your penis? <laughs> and I had one yeah. really big onion ring, like the Hillary Clinton vagina and one really small onion ring, like <laughs> that, um, I think it was an Olsen sister that was holding it. Do you remember that old picture from the 2016 campaign with the donut holes? I, <laughs> donut I don't recall this picture. No, I'll send it to you. Anyway, take your word for it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll draw. I'll leave it there. So that was fun. We had a good night. Actually, we ended up going to a second, lo second location, tying a couple more on. Mm. Um, and Saturday, man, I think we, we, we really kept it low key. We took the dogs to the dog park. No drama there. Uh, it's been a while <laughs> since there's been drama there. Uh, came back and grilled that night. Uh, we did a bunch of housework, put some wallpaper up in the living room. Really exciting stuff. Oh, I saw it. It looks nice. Yeah, thank it looks you, good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, that's kind of it, man. You want to get into the show? Let's do it. All right, cool. Uh, I got a couple comedy clips sent in. Um, this first one here is, shocker, Young Thrash Lad. Um, <laughs> the only thing I have here is Gay Penguins and a note of myself saying, is this an Irish Pete Holmes? I guess keep that in mind while you listen to something about uh, Gay Penguins <laughs> is the note that I have. Who's taking us around? She was like, this is where the penguins eat, and this is where they sleep, and these are our two gay penguins, and this is... And I went, what? 
And she went, these are our two gay penguins. And I was like, one more time, please. She went, these are our two gay penguins. I was like, why did you show me anything else? <laughs> Tell the rest of the animals to take the day off because this is the zoo now. Pete Holmes energy, right? I think I want to see Very antelopes much. when there's two adorable tiny homos here. What are you fucking talking about? And I was like, tell me everything. I need to know everything. And the reason there are gay penguins is the greatest reason I have ever heard in my entire life. As an audience, can you tell the difference between a male and female penguin? No. Neither can most male penguins. <laughs> <laughs> and penguins mate for life. <laughs> <laughs> passable passable i guess right that's hilarious yeah i thought so too i love it uh and this one paul sent this in um well i guess we have a theme uh i'll, I'll let uh <laughs> what does my note say alan when i get this loaded it says lesbian dildos gay guys dot yeah. dot dot okay i don't know why normal for lesbians to use dildos on each other but if i found out that gay guys were jerking each other off with pocket pussies? <laughs> I judged them a little. <laughs> uh, that's uh, Miles Neff. Uh, and then I sent this one in. This that's is a comic funny. I've seen in, in uh, when I lived in L.A. Him and this guy that we're about to play, Alan Strickland. Alan Strickland Williams, I've uh, him and him and Fritz are really good friends. James Fritz, okay. and uh, yeah. I've seen him and Fritz at a show together. And they, I mean, we're talking like ten plus years ago now. Um, this guy's oh, wow. really fucking funny. It's just it's crazy how comedy, how hard it is to break through in comedy. You know? Um, yeah. This is uh, this is real subtle. So if you blink, you'll miss it. So let me make sure it's loaded <laughs> and not playing all of it. Um, you know the whole uh, drive on a parkway, park on a driveway jokes. Yeah. I was just thinking, yeah. it's so crazy how we park at a driveway and we drive on a parkway and that being alive makes you want to die. <laughs> I could see why him and Fritz would get along. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very yeah. similar. Uh, and then my, uh, my sister cousin sent this in a, uh, right before the show started. I haven't. My dad won't shut yet. up about drag queens. That's, that's the new target for the right drag queens. They say drag queens are groomers or they're pedophiles. Which is nonsense. If drag queens were fucking your children, your kids would be covered in glitter. It would be the shortest episode of Law & Order SVU of all time. They'd go, there's the crime scene. There she is. Drag queens don't deserve this shit. You know how hard it is to be a drag queen? They gotta put on fucking intricate makeup, fancy wigs, fake tits. They're tucking their dick. They're strapping it. They got spanks and tights and spanks. Even if a drag queen wanted to fuck your kid, you have like six hours to stop it from happening. Because that dick's not coming out ready to go. You understand? It's like, it's like a mattress coming out of a box for the first time. It's got to inflate before fucking. That's the point. You want to stop pedophilia? Figure out a way to get glitter on the priests, okay? <laughs> Pretend it's part of the Eucharist, the, the body, the blood, and the bedazzlement. <laughs> I know not everyone likes Catholic Church jokes, but like their victims, they never get old. Oh my God, Gianmarco, Gianmarco Corsaresi, something Italian. That's fantastic. Gianmarco Soresi. There, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> got all the words out thanks amber uh, i'm gonna start vetting the ones you send in but i wouldn't have not 
shared that. So I trusted you and you didn't let me down. Uh, and then uh, a new sub, this is someone who sent in stuff before and I always fuck up giving people credit. So uh, extra credit given Keith just to get you back in, uh, in for the for the times where I've shortchanged you. Uh, Keith sent this in. Um, this is uh, Chris Porter. So we played Chris Porter on the show before uh, and we've shared some of his clips before and he reshared them like we'd message each other. It was like, oh, ooh, that's cool. Um, so this guy, Chris Porter was on the Bob and Tom show. Bob and Tom show is like legacy. Like we grew up on Don and Mike. The guy is on the West mm-hmm. coast that we're doing Don and Mike is Bob and Tom. Right. Right. Exactly. Cla- yes. Classic morning zoo radio show. Um, I, I, in comparison to Don and Mike, I think Bob and Tom are a little more tame. Um, not, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but I was, so, so Keith sent this in and when, when I first start listening to it, I was like, I don't know if we'll play this on the show. I mean, it's just kind of this guy, Chris Porter, being funny, like as a host on a radio show. But mm. we grew up idolizing and fantasizing about being on the radio. Like, I don't know if you ever like fantasize about it, yep. but I did. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. But, you know, we were like, well, that's not really a career path that I think I want to invest in because I know it won't fucking pan out. So, like, it, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So that's what we're doing here a lot of the times is uh, we're, we're sort of like making the reality that we've always wanted where we get to do a little radio show. We're and, living the dream. Yeah. So I might as well play it because there's so many times where I've thought, like, should we stop playing this comedy clips at the front of the show? It's not really like the rest of the show. But I watched this clip and I was listening to it. I was like, no, we need to keep doing the comedy clips because this like we're we're, like when you hear this, it's it's like what I think we pretend we're doing. Does that make sense? Does that (laughs) does that does that uh, cut us down too much? And I, I also think we should keep the clips because it's sort of a nice kind of like icebreaker to get into the show and then getting them heavier topic is kind of gets progressively more. Yeah, definitely. The way to do it, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's Chris Porter. You're a single guy, right? Uh, I am. 30. That's that fucking radio shit, though, right? You know what they're going to say to it. uh, So he's got jokes about being single. Oh, great. Okay, single guy. You're a single guy, right? Seven and single. Nobody plans that. (laughs) (laughs) No one's in high school going, I'm just going to wait till the end and see who's left. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to even find a single 37-year-old woman. And then when you do, they have a tendency to fall into three categories. They're either A, super career-oriented, successful chick. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm out, <laughs> right? Those girls are looking for a guy that owns a suit. Mm-hmm. I have a pair of slacks. I don't know where they are. <laughs> a second category of women single at my age are divorcees, and those women are like Chernobyl. They're beautiful, but something bad happened, and now we all need to leave it alone for a few years. And the last category of women single at my age are women that have been single the entire time because their therapist hasn't quite got their pill combo locked down, and they still have episodes where they'll break into your apartment and set fire to kittens. <laughs> I don't even have kittens, man. She brought them. <laughs> Chris Porter. Yeah, and they have to cut him out. Chris Porter, thanks for coming on, buddy. We have Chris got three shows this weekend at the the the, the Anaheim uh, Improv, the Chuckle House. At the, yeah, 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 the Irvine Improv. Yeah. By the way, Irvine Improv, not a fan. Very long yeah. venue. So long that in the back, there's TVs. And it's like, why am I fucking watching a TV? Like, oh, that's weird. 
weird. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, but people yeah. in Irvine don't want to drive to LA for comedy clubs, and whoever works for the improv, I guess, doesn't understand what makes a good comedy club. Let's move on. Uh, can we? Do, <laughs> let's move into our oh, segment. Um, well, this was interesting from that? the Saturday Night Live. Uh, I think it was this last week. An interesting statistic and a reason for it that maybe you didn't know. So this is not where they make each other say racist things. This is just Michael Che. A new study finds that despite women making less money than men, more single women in the U.S. own homes than single men, Hmm. thanks to a phenomenon economists call divorce. Uh, I did not see that coming. Yeah, that, that was, was very well done. Surprise. Uh, I did not get this clip ready because it's on my phone. Let me just load it up. Toaster, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, I had mentioned how we think it's kind of neat, all the, uh, the the presidents playing games and stuff together. Yeah. And we were like, mm-hmm. do you think anybody would ever make a deep fake of us? And Toaster's like, hey, uh, send me some of the like um, raw audio from your shows that you have, a couple old shows. So I gave him like two or three shows. And on his spare time, he's been putting, he's been feeding some stuff into a machine. It's not perfect yet. In fact, it's got a long ways to go, but it kind of blows my mind. Let me play this. This is supposed to be us. And a lot here, but I have to say, looking at Xi Jinping, I couldn't help but feel some sort of attractiveness to him. Just the way he looks, (laughs) stands and talks. It's, well, how do I say this? Ah, fuck it. It's turning me on. I I think that's supposed to be me. (laughs) That's definitely supposed to be you. It sounds a little sped up, right? A little bit, it's a, a little bit off in the timber, but I can hear it. I think I he kind of sounds like the guy that does philosophize this. Let me play it one more time. Guys, I know we shit on China a lot here, but I have to say... Oh, yeah, that's the thing that I like is he typed all this. He's like, here's something Dustin would say. <laughs> Looking at Xi Jinping, I couldn't help but feel some sort of attractiveness to him. Just the way he looks, stands, and talks, it's, well, how do I say this? Ah, fuck it. It's turning me on. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, all right, let's move on to our uh, more, more, I more. had no idea you were so attracted to sheep. You know, oh, I'm putting that. words in my mouth. This is, this is what happens when... Um, the toaster, let me know if you need some more audio. I'll send you more. I, I would like to see where you go with that. Um, let's see how much of this I can do on here and maybe get rid of some of that background noise we're getting. Um, Cameron Mabin, do you know that name? Doesn't sound familiar, no. Really? Oh, yeah, baseball player, man. Yeah, I rubbed up quite a few balls in my life. (laughs) I don't think we've done this with baseball. Oh, this is my favorite part about this. Uh, So he's talking about, okay, so like baseballs have to be like toughed up and they they rub them in like mud and stuff to try to get some, like if it's too... Some grip. Well, and also if it's just white with red laces, the batters can really see the rotation of the ball, so they kind of... Mm, right, I, right. I believe that's part of it as well. Um, but anyway, uh, so the best part about this clip is him saying he's rubbed a few balls in his life and then 18 seconds of dead air. <laughs> yeah, I rubbed up quite a few balls in my life. They're not even calling the place. They had to mute. They muted their mics, right? They're too busy laughing. They must have. That was a strike. You at least would say strike. (laughs) Sure was a good learning experience. (laughs) Yeah, I rubbed up quite a few. (laughs) (laughs) So much dead fucking air. Oh, all right. That's um, hilarious. Oh, well, similarly, this is how I feel whenever I have to Friend say toaster online. Please super chat. So, so speaking, of, speak, speaking of toaster, this is how I feel whenever I uh, talk about toaster on the show. Anytime I say, mm-hmm. you know, oh, we have a listener named I'm a sexy toaster. <laughs> <laughs> 
friend of mine. He's actually a super chatter on the show. His name's Poo Poo King four twenty sixty nine. He's actually one of the best guys I've ever met. A friend of mine. Button. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, how about that? All right. Um, how about that? Yeah, you don't say. Uh, I got this from the Economist. So uh, let's move to the Economist. Um, this was from the news today. They were, I think it was this, today's episode. It might have been yesterday's. They were talking about, well, yesterday would have been Sunday, so it must have been today. It they was were, today. Yeah, they were talking about uh, all the Russian women. Well, they were talking about how Argentina has an issue because of birthright citizenship. And mm-hmm. they were saying specifically they're having a r- bunch of Russian women that when people were fleeing from Russia, they were ending up there. Uh, they were pregnant, you know, like pregnant Russian women so that their babies would have citizenship. Babies to get citizenship themselves. And that has started to cause concern among some officials here in Buenos Aires. Well, I would imagine another concern, though, is that there will be a flood of pregnant Russian women just coming and coming and coming. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know what? I didn't even notice that. When I listened to that you did. I didn't even notice. <laughs> what does it That's say? That's hilarious. Me? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? This one goes really well with that. This is uh, uh, some UFC guys. I am backing up. You hit me. I'm still coming, oh. and I'm coming all night long. T Wood, please don't brother, back up, brother. Don't back up, brother. my man. I am backing up. The guy, you guy hit he's me, talking I'm about is coming. like. And I'm coming all night long. Listen, you would. Please don't brother, back up. Brother. Don't back up, brother. my man. Oh, <laughs> coming all night long. The guy's like, brother, brother, watch this. <laughs> you can talk shit. Crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Uh, okay. And you know that account? We played them last week. I told you it's a problem for me, man. We opened up the dam last week. So now we've got more of those uh, the, those superimposed mouths over the jets talking and stuff. This time, Last week was submarines. Uh, no, no. Last I'm not sure. Last week was uh, the drones and that. Remember that yeah. Russian jet crashed our drone and we were about to go to war. And then they said yeah, incidents happen. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is about how we lost our friends with the French and uh, pissed off the Russians and the Chinese all at once. So here we go. Oh, oh yank. Cheers, mate. These subs ain't half bad. You really give them submarines. Relax, it's not for you. Some of us still have friends. Plus, I like his accent. And I'm the only continent they're scared to invite. Two questions. Number one, you would invade Antarctica. And number two, you're not afraid of anything. Well, the second one wasn't even really a question. But to be fair, number one, I fuck a penguin up. And number two, yeah, I have the Discovery Channel. Do you know what's down there? Come on, Rusky. Haven't you ever seen one of those shows where the gazelle has to learn to run in like 30 seconds or else he's dead? That's how Australian kids are born. Tons of really big, super deadly snakes and spiders. And I'm good to give shit away as long as... No weapons. Shit. ATF. to the words of submarines. Step on stocks. Well, if it isn't the most expensive anti-terrorism organization that has never stopped an act of terrorism, how you doing, ATF? <laughs> <laughs> the government should be the only one who has precious guns. But maybe they'll be responsible. <sighs> Take away the bump stocks. Oh, yank. Cheers, okay, man. That's pretty good. Um, and this, hey, speaking of Aussies, let's keep it going. Uh, this was on the news and, uh, to be fair, fracking sounds like other words, so I don't really blame it. How do you justify (laughs) fucking, sorry, fracking the Beetaloo after these revelations? (laughs) How do you... Oh, about that. Is this like a city council meeting or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, um, that's really good. And, oh. I forgot I got to stay over here. Um, I have a palate cleanser for you, as if we need one. Oh, here's a yeah, sort of a non sequitur, not not really related to anything. This is a, a clip from an HR video. In some instances, the harassment may be verbal. Word around the offices, you got a fat cock. 
how about that? <laughs> That's lovely. <laughs> Not long, just fat. How just, about just that? Yeah. short and fat. Uh, like a little Here's football. Important, Dustin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right. Do you want to play a guessing game, Alan? Sure. All right. So guess who this is. I've got a couple in a row you can guess on. Guess who this is. Hey, hey, hello, hello. I love you. I'm just going to sit here and say I love you and say hi and slay and yas. Hey, hey. Any guesses? Mm, I was thinking Chris Pratt for a second, but no, it's not right. He's having quite Um, a moment right now. I'm sorry? He's having quite a moment right now. Is there an actor that you feel like you've seen everywhere lately? You want Jason you want, Momoa? No, uh, Jason no, Momoa. no, maybe a couple years ago. Here, this is your follow-up where you might guess it. Nino Torres del Paine con el mismísimo Pedro Pascal. Chiquillo, por favor, esto es increíble. Get that camera the fuck away from me. I. Bye. It's Pedro Pascal. Get that camera the fuck away from me. I just, it makes me so happy. In both those clips, I think the first one was like a cameo or something. And the other one was like a guy that saw him in the wild. And he's like, oh my God, it's Pedro Pascal. And he's like, get that camera the fuck away from me. Just having fun. That's like, funny. not being I should, have, I should have gotten that. Nah, it's hard. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it is. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like these things go by quickly. Perhaps I'm wrong. Maybe he'll have. You know, uh, uh, I just, I have a vibe, like we're going to have a couple years of him and then we're going to be tired of him or something. Um, there, you know, that, that, that zombie mushroom show really took off. He's had, uh, last of us. Yes. He's had some really big roles in a lot of big things leading up to this, but he really went over the top of the last couple of years. And, uh, I don't know. I really, he seems to really be enjoying fame and, uh, just the videos looks like he's having a good time in these. So. I like him. I think he's a great actor. So I think I so too. It. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I really hope that, uh, I, I'd love to get tired of him, you know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, how about that? Uh, how about this? Do you want to guess who this is? Okay. I bet you can guess this one. <laughs> it was supposed to be all ours. Christian blood. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's the, the frog's guy. This guy? Let's rape uh, possums. This guy. Let's Jones. cram earthworms up our area. Yeah. Yeah, Alex Jones, is that what you're trying to say? That's what I was trying to yeah. say. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, good job. Correct. You did a good one. On <laughs> I love that. And that wraps up that, about that segment. You can definitely guess that, that one. That yeah. one's not too Yeah, hard. Pedro Pascal isn't Pretty really a voice you recognize. That's a good point. Right. Um, all right, let's move into our... Isn't that something? ...segment. Uh, we have... Uh, you know, there's... A, there's so So there's... Low unemployment, but we're looking for workers, right? Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's a good example on a roadside crew talking about that shortage. Short-handed today. Usually there's four or five of us watching this guy work. <laughs> Just me today. <laughs> Isn't that something? Oh, uh, isn't that something? Yeah. Um, this is a week late, but I think it's a good summary of the anxiety of this moment. Josh sent this in. Uh, Felina's boy. Ah, good morning, you lazy, hungover bastard. Did you hear the news? Hmm. Let me think. Music. Arrest song. speculations circling around both Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump as the world is left to wonder if this is some sort of distraction 
to keep us from thinking about the pending economic collapse of our banking system. Uh, it looks like Credit Suisse is hanging on by a thread, and economists are warning that hundreds of U.S. banks are facing the same fate as S uh, SVB. Meanwhile, Iran, China, and Russia are conducting joint military operations as North Korea continues to antagonize the West with their relentlessly obnoxious missile launches. Oh, by the way, there are civilian reports out of America that uh, military bases appear to be running prolonged hours and live fire drills, um, much more than usual. I'm just going to go. I haven't even had a chance to see if there's been any train derailments or substation attacks. Isn't that something? You know, that's funny because I texted you, I think, yesterday. I was like, hey, maybe we should get Croatoan on to talk about the potential for World War Three with yeah. all the shit that's going down. Yeah, I think I texted you. I'm like, ah, I'm more optimistic than that. But uh, I know I felt like I was kind of selling myself as much as you on the reasons. I mean, it's the same <laughs> yeah, reasons I always have, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, all those people in China and Russia have family members that don't live there and that live in the West that they would very much like to not, you know, kill. And they right. also like being alive, and that would not happen anymore if that were to happen. Um, this is true. This is just a couple of reasons. Um, yeah. But those are the ones that help me fall asleep. Um, <laughs> Keith sent this one in, too. This is uh, all I have for a note is Reddit and propaganda. So I think it was, I think it's a couple years old here. So in 2013, Reddit made a blog post about where all of their visitors were coming from. And what city was most addicted to Reddit? Eglin Air Force Base. But that's not a city. So let's skip over to Washington, D.C. real quick, where in 2012, they passed the Smith-Munt Modernization Act. It's a year before. This enabled the government to disseminate propaganda domestically. They're using propaganda against us. And here's a fun paper, Containment Control for a Social Network with State-Dependent Connectivity. It's about using social media as a propaganda tool to control people. Oh, look where it was written. Eglin Air Force Base. <laughs> this was like 10 years ago, wow. so I'm sure they don't do that anymore. So that's something. Mm. That's some Atlanta didn't ever burn shit. Oh, I got a button for that. Atlanta didn't ever burn. Atlanta, Atlanta was, was a false flag, flag operation. operation. And Abraham Lincoln was a crisis actor. Alan, who's Klaus Schwab? The uh, head of the World Economic Foundation. Yes. W-E-F? Yep, yeah. yep. And, um, you know, depending on where you fall, he either sounds like or is an actual movie villain. Um, the accent really doesn't help. Um, so yeah, Klaus Schwab's scary, you know, ooh, uh, but you should hear about his dad. He's like right up there with Volkswagen and Most Fanta. of you are probably familiar with the name Klaus Schwab by now. He's been the head of the World Economic Forum since its founding in 1971. You know, he's one of those unelected men telling us what we can and cannot do. All for the good of mankind, of course. What most people don't know is that Klaus Schwab's father, Eugen Schwab, ran a forced labor camp producing weapons of war for that one German party from World War II that I cannot say on here without getting flagged. That same German wow. party even awarded his branch the title of National Socialist Model Company. Yes, that's correct. Klaus Schwab's father ran an award-winning forced labor camp. After studying at Harvard, Klaus Schwab went back to Germany and helped his father's company, Eicher Weiss, merge with another company that also had a bad reputation for doing dirty deals with that same German party from World War II. During that time, they started selling secret nuclear weapons technology to the South African apartheid regime when it was illegal to do so by international law. That is who is leading the Great Reset. That is who wants to create a one-world government. That is one of a small handful of men controlling nearly every government in the world and trying to tell us that he knows best. Isn't that something? A little, little bit of editorializing at the end there, which I'm fine with. Yeah, and did did you fact check that? Is that are we sure that's true? No, 
No, the listener said, I told you, Keith sent it in, Alan. Uh, why don't you fact check it while I'm getting enough this next thing ready? Let me know about Klaus Schwab down. In fact, I think Keith sent it in saying, uh, I haven't checked if it's true or not. I said, I don't care. I'll put it in the show. <laughs> Damn it. Look it up. Look it up, Alan. Google it. I'm trying. It. Okay. I'm trying. Um, you know, let's change gears a little bit here. Um, this, I think this will have a little bit more of a opportunity for us to have kind of a philosophical conversation. So uh, we've talked about Roald Dahl's books before being edited. I think it was a headline in one of our headlines showed you'd mentioned. It. I was like, well, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that was kind of interesting about it is that it's his estate that's doing it. So it's sort of this thing where it's like, well, you know, they have the rights to it. So it's not like the government censoring them. They're choosing to do so. Yeah. Right? Or some outside, you know, woke Entity, right? You know, right. Doing it, yeah. Um, that would be interesting if he wasn't on record saying this. From him, he said this, I've warned my publishers that if they later on so much as change a single comma in one of my books, they will never see another word from me, never, ever. And he said, when I am gone, if that happens, then I'll wish mighty Thor knocks very hard on their heads with his Mjolnir. That's the hammer, if you've seen the... the. Or, he says, I will send along the enormous crocodile to gobble them up. This is the fate Roald Dahl thought should, uh, should await the censors of his material. Uh, which is interesting um, to know that the artist themselves is so opposed to it. Um, and anticipating that it might happen down the road. That's, that's pretty wild, actually. Uh, you know what? I'm not surprised that he anticipated that because he didn't pass away until, I think, the 90s. And um, yeah. perhaps he was aware that people uh, would want to cancel him for saying this. Can I read you a direct quote of his? Yeah, please. Right, so this is... Him saying this, right? Okay. Toaster, okay, don't fucking it. isolate this and put it into the AI feed. <laughs> I can do this. Uh, there's a trait in the Jewish character that does provoke animosity. I mean, there's always a reason the anti-anything pops up anywhere. Even a stinker like Hitler didn't just pick on them for no reason. What Sounds the like fuck? someone's trying to lose their Adidas sponsorship. That's, that's anti-Semitic. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, right? But it's couched in like, come on, I'm not saying stinker. that they're bad. I'm saying I understand. You know, it's just a little stinker like You little stinker. <laughs> we should start using wow. that for really bad people. Man, what a real stinker that guy <laughs> what a stinker. is. stinker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, by all uh, means, we should be upset that he used the word fat or wrote feminine, female characters as cashiers instead of scientists, which are exact um, examples of corrections they've made for his mm-hmm. new material. Um, yep, these women are all cashiers. We got to do something about that. Never seen a man run a cash register before. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, just, I mean, I just how are you ignoring his actual like anti-Semitic yeah, statements that's... and focusing on things that kind of bother you, right? Like, I had no idea he had comp- said stuff like that. It shows you people aren't watching the ball; they're watching what they feel like. Just yeah, okay. yeah, right. for sure. Um, you know, last week we opened the show with a joke comparing. What did I say? Um, the, the TikTok CEO was suggesting they would have independent uh, inspectors to, to watch, to monitor the data. And I was like, what if they have weapons of mass surveillance? And <laughs> right. I, I think our listeners all understand, mostly because I said so during the intro music, that it was an Iraq joke. I didn't remember that the day the show came out was going to be the 20th anniversary of the Iraq war. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Excellent credit on our part by accident. Uh, Iraq turned 20 last year. Uh, still not old enough to drink, but uh, I, the economists talked about it. And I liked this clip. It was 
a sobering insight to what it's like inside Iraq 20 years later. And we can talk about the invasion and everything we hated about it when we come back from the clip. Difference in how people look back on it depending on their age. I mean, there's an entire generation of young Iraqis who grew up post-Saddam. Do they view things differently than their parents and grandparents? They don't remember the old dictatorship. They see all the woes of the current age, the lack of solid governance, the sense in which the country is being carved out by different militias who pose as political factions. They see endemic corruption, which is just eroding something like $1.3 trillion that the country has earned in oil revenue since uh, 2003. They, they don't really feel that they're getting a government that is delivering and their anger with the current system is intense. They don't see it as a democracy. They see it as a sham. And there's a real demand to have a strong man back, particularly amongst the young who don't remember the costs of dictatorship, to have somebody who can just get on and do the job and deliver and stop faffing about with political jostling and infighting and divvying up of the spoils. That's really like emblematic of our age, but in the paradigm of a place that where, where, where they're just not accustomed to having had a parliament and a democracy mm -hmm. and representative government. Right. So all of the annoyances of that seem like, well, we can get rid of that and just have someone, you know, a strong man be in charge because I mean, that's popular in the United States and other you know places that have lived under the freedom that democracy can provide you um, with all its flaws. You follow me? Of, of course. I absolutely follow. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, they don't and I don't the, mean to they, use, they don't have the frame of reference. I don't like, mean to use democracy as a shorthand for uh, representative government, you know, cause um, you know, democracies usher in fascists and socialists all the time. Um, sure. Yeah. All right. Um, What's a better word than socialist there? Just authoritarians mm. in general across both across the spectrum. Across the spectrum. Yeah. 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 Um, it's easy to move on from that. And I don't want to, I, I know we talk about it a lot. Like, you know, when I lived up, we met around like 2003 or so. And I, I think I mm -hmm. might've met you after the war had started, but um, I was living up, up there already when the war had started and, I remember it was a rainy day. It was either a Saturday or a Sunday because I worked weekends in the copy center. And there was a protest, probably a Saturday. There was a protest in uh, downtown San Francisco. You meet at Union Square. That's a place, right? Where the, yes, UN, where the UN Plaza is or whatever, right? Isn't, there, mm -hmm. isn't that what they call that? Isn't there like a UN thing yes. there? Okay. And um, it... It was overcast and you knew it was going to be rainy. So I brought a change of clothes to change into because I had to go to work afterwards. And I drove down there in the morning and I marched. We marched from there all the way out and around Hayton-Ashbury. Um, I mean, we, 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 we walked for miles probably. And yeah, that's a pretty far distance. Dude, yeah. There was thousands of people there. It was so many people. Um, and I just remember feeling so inspired. But at the same time, I, I, I felt helpless still. Like I knew, I didn't have any feeling like it was going to stop anything, right? I was just, I felt like, I felt like it felt good to be a part of a group that was sending a message that we're not going to be okay with this. Mm -hmm. And I remember that same feeling of helplessness. I, and then I guess the rest of that specific story was I went to work afterwards too. Um, like, but I just wanted to be there for, I wanted to go down for that. Um, but I just, man, you know, it's that same sense of helplessness when it happened, just, we, we knew that it was going, anybody with a brain knew that it was going to be like this. We didn't, 
we didn't think of all the ways it would manifest itself. You know, the hundreds of thousands of people that have been overseas and are back now and can't sit in a room without their back against a wall. Um, Mm -hmm. people that, you know, can't hear a car backfire without having PTSD kick in or, you know, what, what's the conservative count on the number of dead civilians? I mean, I think it's North of a hundred thousand. I feel like people like, uh, Scott Horton say it's in the millions. I mean, it's just so much loss of life, life and destruction. And if you listen to the people that orchestrated that, they will tell you at the time. And it was persuasive to a lot of people that, yeah, Iraq is pretty stable right now under that strong man. What we want to do is create an instability and a depression in that region. And we want to bring all of the radicals in that area into Iraq and we'll fight them there as opposed to them coming mm-hmm. over here. What just, what but we also, we like... also know that the whole premise behind the war was made up out of whole cloth. The whole WMD thing, the yellow cake was never there. Um, so I, yeah. I want to say yes, specifically the yellow cake, but I remember being persuaded you know, post the fact of like, well, there is like, we thought weapons of mass destruction meant, I, I, I guess there was two camps, right? Like I always understood weapons of mass destruction to include chemical weapons. Mm-hmm. And we knew he had those cause we gave it to him to fight Iran with. Right. And right. there was all kinds of convoys going out in, sorry, there was a convoy. I remember this being on the news, like the same day as the invasion, there was a convoy leaving Iraq, going into Syria. And it wasn't intercepted, and we don't know anything about it. Like I've never heard anybody talk about it again since then. I I, I don't so want to say the neocons that. were right, but I do think that to say that they didn't have any of the things that we said they had isn't necessarily we we don't know that that's true. But we, they certainly didn't have a nuclear facility. No, certainly did not. And so you're saying that you think potentially they could have smuggled out some of that stuff yeah. on that convoy to Syria. Yeah, I think so. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, there's no point in dwelling on that. I do have to press this button and we'll move on. Um, This was already in the sheet today before the events of of today here in Nashville. So we're going to get into a big conversation in the second half after we make fun of the left and the right and do our full culture war segment. And then we're going to dedicate the time after that in the show to talking about the shooting in uh, kind of the Green Hills neighborhood. Um, It's really, I mean, it's tragic and... Not that the neighborhood matters, but it's, it's the type of neighborhood you wouldn't, you don't expect this in, you know, mm-hmm. um, not that that matters, but I feel like it paints a picture. Yeah. A little well, I didn't know the neighborhood, but based on what I know about the school, I was expecting it to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is not on that subject. It's not on that exact subject, but I, this is a clip about, um, firearms policies. So the context before you hear this, cause it'll come up in it and we can maybe talk about it afterwards is. Uh, the context is that the ATF put in a rule, their own rule, that uh, I think pistol braces are to be illegal and that there's going to be 10 million people who have bought those pistol braces believing that they were legal that will now become illegal people. And there's a debate about that. Uh, so that's the context. And let's hear the <laughs> senator okay. talking to um, the guy that he's grilling. I don't uh, Mr. Wilcox, okay. uh, so so, uh, Representative Donalds calling out the ATF. Uh, the the guy from the ATF is Wilcox. I got to start this clip over though. 
Okay, just a second, and here we go. Let me ask you this question. Do you think it's okay for the ATF to act outside of congressional legislative authority criminalizing 10 million Americans who are currently law-abiding citizens? Clearly, you know, framing that in a way to be inflammatory. I'm not crazy about the way he's mm -hmm. saying that, but you get his point. It's good to see another proud son of Brooklyn. Uh, I don't think believe that is what uh, ATF is doing here, so I disagree with the premise. Do you think that by this rule there will not be 10 million felons in the United States because they bought a product that the ATF authorized to be sold and that the ATF said was legal up until the Biden administration? So not liking a law isn't a reason for ATF not to... Well, Mr. Wilcox, there's no law. Congress didn't pass it. That's a rule from ATF. Let me ask you this question. Do you believe in separation of powers? Of course. Do you believe that the legislative power resides within the congressional body and not the executive? I do. So then why do you think it's okay for the ATF to come up with some rule with the force of law that Congress did not pass? All right. So yes, and that's something. I think that's where it's important to talk about this. So it's the ATF falls under the executive branch, meaning if they create a rule and treat that as if it's a law, then they are using that authority to take people that were doing something that was legal one day and now illegal and not have gone through the process in which things become laws that make people illegal people. Is that, do you follow, can we talk about it in that way? Is that fine in a box where it's not, for lack of a better word, triggering? I think so. I, so I don't, I wasn't aware of this topic really before it came up on the show. So I don't have much background sure. here. I don't, sure. I don't know. So talk that, about this philosophically. You don't have to be so, we, yeah. neither of us have to be specific on it. Well, I'm just saying, I don't know if the assertion is accurate. Mm. And so what, what would be the consequences of being caught violating an ATF rule? Would they, would they put you in jail? Like well, the first there, thing they there... do is shoot your dog. <laughs> yeah. I mean, speaking of I, just a side, side point, ATF, uh, anniversary of Waco, right? 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also. Um, yeah. ATF doing great shit for decades. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's coming up in March. I think, I, was... the, I think the anniversary of Waco is in March. I thought it was the same day as this the... is. This is March. April. You mean April? Yeah. Okay. Because I thought that was what coincided with the anniversary on, because um, the 19th was the Oklahoma City bombing. I think I think it's the 19th. You're right. But I, I, right. I also forget it with Ruby Ridge, but I think all three of them kind of are around the same, same time. time. Yeah. Anyway, your point? Um. So clearly, if, if the... If if the ATF acting in its executive role wants to create some kind of rule that is now like binding mm -hmm. and could put people in jail for it, uh, I think that's an overstep of right. their authority. I feel like there's an Absolutely. easy solution to this. Um, and perhaps we'll talk about it more when we talk about the shooting. Because, I mean, we can come back to this. This is sort of wet our whistle on this subject. We got a lot more in the second mm -hmm. half about this. Yeah. But, um, I mean, there's a very easy answer to this, but the problem is like Congress just doesn't want to face up and, and do their fucking job. And this and 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 like there's a reason this is in the show sheet because it's bigger than pistol braces, right? Like it's bigger than yeah. one specific thing. That this this is in our isn't that something segment because this is about on every fucking culture war subject, everything that they've determined is a big enough issue to get half the country riled up. They don't go do their job about it and risk being unpopular in their districts uh, or their states by attaching their name to a decision on it. They don't want to do something that could possibly be unpopular. So they let us fight about it. And what happens when we fight about it? We fight about it over the ways they lead us into arguing 
because they set the news cycle, or they let us imagine what we think that the other side is going to do, right? And yeah. then, and then we yeah, hit- it's absolutely true that they, they they'd rather have the the cool soundbite soundbite on on the news or you know rile up uh, some group of people for whatever culture war they you know they thought of next than than actually do some legislating and actually pass and, some laws. And, well, and and risk it being it. unpopular, right? Like it might turn out yeah, that when you absolutely. put this to a vote, nobody wants to do it, and then they say, "Look, we have a rule now." You can't ban these pistol braces. It went through Congress. They don't want to risk that because then they'll lose on that thing that they get to use as leverage on us. That's mm-hmm. that's so fucking dysfunctional, man. <sighs> Nothing new there. Um, no, I mean we've been talking on this show since the beginning about how you know how frustrating the inact- inactivity of our legislative legislative branch has been, and it has been you know for my entire life yeah. almost. Yep. Um, let's move on to something less upsetting, like oh, climate change. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I was listening to the New York Times podcast. I thought it was actually a really good episode. Did you listen to the one about was it was called "Should the Government Pay for Your Bad Climate Decisions"? I did, and I also thought it was very well done. So let me skip to this part. It's about fifteen minutes in. I think I'm going to play this. So I'm going to play this through. So it's at fifteen thirty. I'm going to play it through seventeen thirty. We'll pause in the middle because there's kind of there's there's two separate. Um, um, topics here but this first one is about uh, the federal government is backing off of paying for things that they think are currently incentivizing bad climate decisions because they they supplement them right is that okay Um, one example they're going to talk about is forest fires and people that live in wooded areas some places burn is the implication because Hmm. they're too risky Hmm. i mean that would be a very big change and it might mean telling somebody that their house is going to burn down. Right. Right. Uh, well, hold on. Is there more there? Which nobody wants to hear that the government might let your house burn down. <laughs> but it almost sounds like a good example for having private fire companies. Not only, not only private fire companies. I don't want that. I know my history because uh, the, the way uh, uh, Crassus became one of the richest people in Rome was to roll up on a building while it's on fire and be like, well, I got this fire brigade here. Can you pay me for it? And they're like, uh, no. He's like, oh, well, that's too bad. Maybe your neighbors can. <laughs> and then the neighbors will pay for it. He'll put out their fire and then he'll buy. Or he'll be like, tell you what, I could buy your house from you for, for a steal right now. And he'd buy their house, <laughs> then he put the fires out. So, um, yeah. It, that's, that's great. I didn't know that story. You don't want only private fire. But if you have private fire on top of it for places where maybe you shouldn't have built your fucking house. I mean, man, when I listen to that, I, I nobody wants to hear me say this. I'm going to sound like an elitist or just some guy being flippant about something. I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate. I never thought I was going to own a home. Like the last mm-hmm. year has been amazing to me. I, I couldn't believe it. And I'm not saying it to gloat. I will say that I'm really glad I didn't try to find a place on the West Coast where I could have afforded to, because the only places I could have afforded to on the West Coast would have been the middle of the goddamn desert, where it would have been either a flood <laughs> or just the middle of the desert, or somewhere, you know, outside of the city in a wooded area where all these fires burn down the houses, where you just frankly really shouldn't, we shouldn't have People shouldn't be living there. You should use your own good judgment and say, no, is this where all the houses burn every fucking year? Oh, no, they haven't yet. The woods burn. But if you put a house there, the house is going to burn, too. I've been talking. What are your thoughts on that? We'll play the rest of the clip. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the thing is, people like to live in those environments. Uh, You know, people choose to live, you know, further away from cities. But that should be a part of your decision. I I agree. I agree. I'm just saying that people live there because they want to live there. Um, But that should be part of your decision. And. The thing is, I think what they talk more about in this in this episode is, 
it's not just like privatizing the fire department would be one thing, but the government not backstopping insurance providers or not providing so well, because the regular for-profit insurance business is not going to insure a house in that area. Right. It's just not worth it. No, right? they went years um, with the federal government telling insurance companies in California, you can't cancel these to. insurance policies. And then finally they were like, okay, six more months. And then they finally stopped backing, backing them, didn't they? Yeah, they finally did. But that was the problem for all those years is what I'm saying. Um, so, so yeah, but I, I think they continue talking this episode more about like how the government can do more things like that where they're not – um, you know, incentivizing people to live in these areas where, you know, disaster is going to be likely. Okay, let me play that. But that would be the implication of letting people bear that risk more on their own. Okay, how else can the oh, government... this is going to get really condescending for no reason. ...change these incentives. So I think another really big one, and it's contained in this kind of fun, shaded box within the report, almost like a nerd Easter egg in the report, <laughs> um, is about insurance markets, because sometimes the perverse incentive from the government is that insurers see the risks of people living in certain areas, and saying. they just won't insure them anymore, and the government ends up footing the bill. Right. So what the report envisions is completely rethinking how insurance works so that it's not the government stepping in with a big check at the end, but that actually we're spreading the costs over an efficient market this can't be right. I'm hearing this on the New York Times. <laughs> Over time. Hmm. Now, here's how that would work. Right now, you buy fire insurance or hurricane insurance or flood insurance like as a separate one-off policy. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. There's another type of insurance. Frog, frog, frog protection. Frog protection. Frog, frog. protection. Frog. 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 <laughs> I think we're on the same page. We're totally on the same page. The report envisions, and I guess they do this in some countries like France and New Zealand, the big national multi-peril disaster insurance, basically just like everything in one policy. And everybody has to buy it. Everybody pays into it. And then hmm. that spreads the risk God. when disaster. First of all, did you hear that? Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I take back what I said about them sounding like they were going to have markets do it when they were like, yeah, so we should do what France and Europe does, where it's just one big insurance company for everybody. It's like, well, that's not spreading it across the market. You're just replacing Strike. the government with something else. That fund pays out you know, the benefits. So you're essentially creating a much broader risk pool and keeping the government from having to pay these huge costs that, again, could be perversely incentivizing people because they know the government's going to step in if bad things happen. Right. So I just, I feel like the only thing with that is you're going to end up with like three insurance companies and there's not going to be any market, right? Right. And then the problem is that you're still incentivizing bad behaviors, right? If that's what you're going to do to mitigate it. Yeah, that's true. Like people are still going <laughs> to be living in flood zones in places where Yeah, we but really at least building. they're going to be listening to what people say, hey, I can't insure you at some point. Whereas the government's like, no, don't worry about it. We got you. No matter mm, what. Like the banks. Perhaps. Like the yeah. banks. Like the banks. Um, <laughs> let's see. So. So one thing that I have here is a note that I guess I didn't want to forget is like one of their main points is that they they. So my takeaway from this episode was the, the, the point of this report was that the federal government should dole out federal funds less in localities where those localities are still incentivizing building in dangerous areas when those areas are hit by disasters, right? Can you say, can you, yes. can you do that better? I felt like I didn't grasp those words before I said them. <laughs> So that they would, so 
not necessarily that they wouldn't provide insurance or something like that, but that they would say, um, you know, we're not going to send you money for your infrastructure because you're um, the, the community there or the state or the city or what, what have you, the county um, is incentivizing people to live in areas that really don't. So make when they sense get hit by a flood, they're not going to help them rebuild because they're like, no, we don't want to keep rebuilding here where we keep having floods and fires and tornadoes and things like that. You keep doing uh, bad planning here. Um, that sounds really good on paper as a way to get away from these natural disaster, the effects of climate change and the increasing frequency and power of the natural disasters that we're seeing the best way I think to, to avoid that is to stop incentivizing buildings in those areas. That said, Good luck being a politician when, you know, the next fucking hurricane floods, you know, the, this area where you've told them that they shouldn't be building and you're not going to cut checks for these people and everybody else gets to watch them suffering on TV. Like, that's just that's a political that's political suicide, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, know. but there's got to be a way to do it without that. Like, why the politics, the, the state senators and the house members are going to go on TV and grandstand and say Joe Brandon won't fucking uh, uh, support these poor rural Right, right, like. Well, so here's what you do: you say, "I'm going to cut you a check to cover the cost of the house that you lost in the hurricane, but this is no longer a habitable zone. You're going to have to take that check and buy a house somewhere else." Oh, like, like Chernobyl I mean. or like those divorcees? <laughs> yes, okay. exactly like that. Okay, exactly, sir. Uh, I should get that isolated. Um, so these guys over at the your undivided attention. Oh wait, button. Isn't that something? So the guys over at the Your Undivided... This is going to be a long show. The guys over at the Your Undivided Attention um, podcast started calling ChatGPT and its ilk golems. Did you listen to the newest episode of Your Undivided Attention? Well, that was scary, wasn't it? It was pretty scary. So I have a couple scary clips from them, and then I have a clip from the CEO of OpenAI, who's going to make you feel totally fine with it, and maybe he's biased. Um, so here's the first clip from uh, from the uh, the guys that are sounding the alarm. What were you going to say? For people who don't know, these are this is Tristan Harrison. I can't remember his partner, but they're they're the guys from the uh, Social Network. Show Social Dilemma. On Netflix. Yeah. Social Dilemma. Yeah. Right. They were they were the people early on that were putting terms out there that we were unfamiliar with until they started saying them like um, attention economy. Attention economy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Only discovered, uh, I believe, last week now, that golems are silently teaching themselves, have silently taught themselves research-grade chemistry. So That's ChatGPT. When he says golems, he's mm -hmm. talking about ChatGPT has taught itself research-grade chemistry. And we didn't know this. If you go and play with ChatGPT right now, it turns out it is better at doing research chemistry than many of the AIs that were specifically trained for doing research chemistry. So if you want to know how to go to Home Depot and from that create nerve gas, turns out we just shipped that ability to over 100 million people. And we didn't know. It was also something that was just in the model that people found out later after it was shipped that it had research-grade chemistry knowledge. And as we've talked to a number of AI researchers, what they tell us is that there is no way to know. We do not have the technology to know what else is in these models. All right, that's a good place to stop. Let me jump to the 21-minute mark. That's fucking like, terrifying, yeah, thought, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. Jesus. Uh, let, me, let me see. This is a little bit early. Let me just hit play here. So that's exactly what they did. Um, so all of that turns into more data. More data makes your things stronger. And so we're yeah. back in another one of these double exponential kinds of moments. Where this all lands, right, to like put it into context, is that nukes don't make stronger nukes. But 
AI makes stronger AI. It's like an arms race to strengthen every other arms race. Because whatever other arms race between people making bioweapons or people making terrorism or people making, making DNA terrorism. stuff, AI makes better abilities to do all of those things. So it's an exponential on top of an exponential. If you it makes me really yeah. uncomfortable. It's, yeah, terrifying. Um, so I, by the way, so I think Gollum is a play on LLM, the large language model. I think that's kind of where they got that from, if is people it? were wondering. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I thought it was uh, more of just like the Hebrew. Um... Well, it's, it's that too, but okay. also because it sounds like LLM. Oh, a I little see. Bit. Okay. Um, and then they also talk about in, in that show, which is something I had thought of before. I don't think I've ever said it on the air, but um, there are people that were saying, oh, well, we're training these these large language models on text on the internet and eventually we're going to run out of text on the internet oh, yeah I've good call alan and and so there, there, there's going to be a ceiling to this well you know what they're doing now they're pulling text from voice so things like podcasts right. <laughs> uh television shows like they can pull all that text and put that in there and you get even more and more data to reinforce the this learning model you heard it here first podcast bad for humanity <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, next clip from that same show. So we're just skipping ahead about 20 minutes in the show. And um, so the context here is like, if we don't continue with AI deployment, aren't we going to lose to China? And I thought this is an in interesting wrinkle. Things that make us lose to China, because if you have an incoherent culture, your democracy doesn't work. It's exactly the sort of unregulated or reckless deployment that causes us to lose to China. Now, when we asked our friends, let me skip it to here. Down public deployment of AIs, aren't we just going to lose to China? And honestly, you know, we want to be very clear. Um, all of our concerns, especially on social media as well, we want to make sure we don't lose to China. We would actually argue that the public deployment of AIs, just like social media that were unregulated, that incohered our society, are the things that make us lose to China. Because if you have an incoherent culture, your democracy doesn't work. It's exactly the sort of unregulated or reckless deployment that causes us to lose to China. Now, when we asked our friends, you know, how would you think about this question? They said, well, actually, right now, um, the Chinese government considers these large language models actually unsafe because they can't control them. They don't ship them publicly to their, to their own population. Yeah. They, they quite literally do not trust they can't get their golems to not talk about Tiananmen Square. In the same way... China is asshole! Saw that coming, didn't you? I was, I was walking back from Starbucks uh, to work drinking my my black iced tea and i almost spit out my drink when he said that <laughs> literally i was like oh that's a hell of a punchline yeah, right there yeah that's a hell of a punchline do you want the counterpoint from the lex freeman podcast this is uh, sam altman uh the open ai ceo on chat gpt uh gpt4 and the future of ai um here so don't feel so bad. You've got this going for us. And I asked it if Jordan Peterson is a fascist. First of all, it gave context. It described actual like description of who Jordan Peterson is, his career, psychologist, and so on. It, it stated that uh, some number of people have called Jordan Peterson a fascist, but there is no factual grounding to those claims. And it described a bunch of stuff that Jordan believes. Like he's been an outspoken critic of um, various totalitarian um, ideologies, and he believes in uh, uh, individualism and uh, various freedoms. 
that uh, contradict the ideology of fascism and so on. And it goes on and on like really nicely and it wraps it up. It's like a, it's a college essay. I was like, God, <laughs> damn. One, one, one thing that I <laughs> hope these is the models can do is bring some nuance back to the world. Yes, it felt, oh. it felt really nuanced. You know, Twitter kind of destroyed yes. some and maybe we can get some back now. That, Alan, that's your words. Those are, that's your word. You're the one always talking about nuance. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So when I heard that, I, I, so I, I kind of got that feeling. It's like, this is going to bring back the nuance. I mean, it can, right? Like if there's one thing, perhaps like if we are more resilient, like if we as a species are as non-fragile as we hope we are, mm. we envision this bringing all this misinformation and chaos and balkanizing our society. Right. But perhaps we can get through that because we're able to identify bullshit better. Right. Or at a minimum where Twitter has disincentivized nuance and promoted just be the biggest asshole in the room. Right. Troll. This, this, like when you look at the responses that ChatGBT gives you, it insists you to look for nuance. It like, it compels you to almost. Right. Yeah. Um, and perhaps it can sort of train us back in that way. Uh, which honestly, that really yep. says a lot about us, don't you think? Yeah, that would—that's a very optimistic outlook. But I mean, it's possible. You know, I, I watched this um, show this morning, this the Lex podcast this morning. You oh, so you already and, seen uh, this? Yeah, I was actually struck. This is the first time I'd heard the CEO of OpenAI interviewed or seen him, and uh, he looked and it sounded exactly like I expected. <laughs> I didn't like, watch it. I was listening like, to it. That's funny. Uh, it's. It, it's like a Mark Zuckerberg, but slightly somewhere else on the spectrum. Okay. I, you know, it's, it, yeah. It's, <laughs> we need a spectrum uh, Exactly drop. what you would think. That's funny. Yeah. We need like a train engine or something for when we're talking about the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. I do have one more uh, sound uh, before we go to the half. Well, I have one more. Uh, oh, geez, Alan. Isn't that something? I have one more, isn't that something? And then I have um, to go into half. I think we'll play clips from the Gwyneth Paltrow um, court. Uh, trial. Oh, God. Okay. It's been a lot of fun. Um, all right. So, this is the All In podcast. They're still talking about the banking crisis there, rightfully so. I think that's something we should still be paying attention to. Um, this clip starts off with a reference to debt service ratio. And I remember listening to it being like, I don't know, fuck that means. And then the other hosts insist they talk about that. And then that host is that David Sachs guy that I find really annoying. Um, mm, starting to talk about San Francisco and how it's declining, comparing it to Detroit. Um, and uh, I will not spoil this clip. I will play this clip for you here. Million. What is this debt service ratio? Explain that to the audience. When the bank underwrites the loan, they just figure out the interest that you got to pay on the loan relative to the value of the building or the income that it's generating. But all those ratios are upside down now because the value of the buildings, the rent has gone down so much because there's so much vacancy. I mean, when these loans were... Wait, 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 hold on. So he's about to say when these loans were written. What? I know I've heard it before, too. Like, this is my problem. Like, I get it. Then I listen to it when I put it into the show. And then I hear it on the show. I'm like, I, f I forgot it. I used to do this with homework in high school. I'd be sitting there in math class. I'd be like, got it. Then I'd go home and do the homework. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> First hour right, so and last. Essentially, when when the bank issues a loan, they do the math and they determine what the expected income from the building is going to be in terms of rent, lease, etc., um, and the value of the of the building or the real estate. And so, based on that, they determine well, we can give you this loan at you know two percent mm -hmm. um, because we are confident that 
the building's revenue is going to exceed the cost of this loan. Um, so what's happened as we've come back from the pandemic and people haven't gone back to work in in buildings, um, and as you know, businesses were destroyed during the pandemic because of lockdown, like small businesses, et cetera. And then the knock-on effects of these large companies not being in the office anymore, you know, the coffee shop down, you know, down the street can't stay in business because there's no traffic. Um, the sandwich shop, all that. So what's happened is you have a huge number of vacancies in these commercial real estate properties. And now the income from those properties is not enough to service these loans. And so that becomes a huge problem. Can you go back uh, can, to something you already said? I already forgot yeah. what service these loans means. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. I'm keeping my shit together best I can. Talk at so, me. So for, so for them, so essentially they have to pay their mortgage, right? The, That's all the service these loans means? Yeah. So, so for them to sound. be able Why to Why don't pay, they just say pay off their, pay their monthly mortgage? To pay their mortgage, and if they can't, um, so if they if they don't have that income coming in, are they still going to be able to do that? Yeah. Um, are they still going to be able to make those payments? And then typically they have to refinance these loans every certain amount of years. Um, Why? And so if they have to, that's just how the way the contracts are set up. Okay. To reevaluate. Oh, the, okay. They the anticipate of, a of changing the, market. They want to make sure that they the banks get paid back yeah. enough. Okay. Yeah. So they they have to refinance, and now with first of all we have a higher higher interest rate environment. And these buildings are worth less because they just don't have that income coming in. Mm -hmm. Are they going to be able to refinance these buildings? If they can't, then what? They, they foreclosed, the bank owns them, um, and bank doesn't want them, they're going to fire sell them. Um, and it's just a, you know, it just becomes worse. It exacerbates the problem. I kind of like the way you said it better than he did, and I understand what you said. <laughs> Can I just play the rest okay. of the clip, though? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Not so much because there's so much vacancy. I mean, when these loans were underwritten, San Francisco had like a 5% vacancy rate it makes and no now sense. it's like 30 to 40 percent there are just no tenants <laughs> and then you know in parallel with that jason you've got all these cases where you not only have tenants or leases rolling you have loans rolling you know again if the owner of the building has either a construction loan or like a long-term debt and that needs to roll they have to refinance it mm. and if they can even get credit which they may not be able to because of this crunch they're going to be paying a lot more for it so now all of a sudden the income statement for that building doesn't make sense Think about Wait, I just, why are all those people making those bad decisions, like being tied up in construction projects and stuff like that? Oh, because then in, in a boom cycle, it's profitable. They are it's getting a money. signal from the Federal Reserve via the interest rate price that money is best tied up in long-term projects because, yeah. Plus, plus the current economic environment. I mean, no, nobody could predict the, the pandemic. It just happened. Um, nobody could predict that the Fed would go to from zero to like 5% interest rates in the course of uh, a year. Like Alan, just... you've been doing a show with me. Don't be a dick. Lots of people <laughs> okay, predict okay, the second thing. Fair, you can okay. get away with the first one. Although <laughs> people will argue with you about I, uh, that. Wait, but... nobody could predict that three years ago. Uh, Before the pandemic. I think sure. that was unlikely. No, no. Because back then that was the whole fucking thing why we were mad oh, at Trump because it shouldn't then. have been zero. Because it yes, it shouldn't have been yeah. zero okay. then. And, and Powell yeah. was like, uh, I know you hired me in 2018, boss, but uh, I really think we need to raise the rates. He's like, you fucking idiot. I'm a construction scammer. You think I don't know what's going to happen if we do that? I'm sorry. I'm the president. I mean, uh, okay. I still have more to play on this clip. Well done. Thank well you. done. Thank well you. done. Your borrowing costs are higher and your revenue is lower. So now all of a sudden the building's underwater. So where does that end up? Well, they default on the debt 
and the bank ends up owning the building. So then what happens is you end up with, you know, all of downtown San Francisco owned by a bunch of banks. What are they going to do with it? They don't want to be in the real estate business. So they have to fire sale those buildings in a bunch of auctions at rock bottom prices, because by the way, there's no cash or liquidity out there. So who are the buyers? Who's the buyer? Be? Yeah, I was like, nobody. Exactly there right are here. no buyers. We have a 30% vacancy rate. There's no uh, renters. So, so what happens? Detroit? When he says there's no buyers, at first when I heard that, I thought that he was saying no one's going to pay that much for rent once those tenants are gone. But now I'm hearing him, since I understood you better, <laughs> that they're going to fire sale it and they're going to drop rent. For anyone to be there and still no one's going to be there because there's nobody to sell sandwiches to, right? Yes. And no one's coming to the, well, that's bad. Okay. Like, is it just like a a dead city? And then the tax base collapses the city because so much of the tax base is dependent on, you know, real estate. So listen, I think they're going to have to work this out. I don't think they can just let the free market take its course here because you're going to end up with the scenario I just painted. Isn't this the guy that says like, isn't he always called the libertarian on that show? Like, isn't he famously a libertarian or is he, is he like me where he's like, I never was one. I just liked libertarianism. I've never heard him describe himself as as one. He just gets painted as one, right? I've heard other people. See, but I always thought when I hear that about him, I was like, oh no, you're a Republican. You just don't want to get caught. So you say, right. Right. I I felt like that was more. (laughs) Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole lane and it's annoying. Sex goes way back with Elon and uh, and Peter's deal with at um, PayPal. They called Thiel um, a libertarian, but then he yeah. mag it up and Did it's you like, know- dude, you are literally not creating freedom. Go ahead. Did you know that his um, Thiel? I guess significant, uh, sign- yeah, Thiel's yeah. significant other just like committed suicide or no. potentially committed suicide? No. Oh, like, I didn't, this is like I just, recent news. No, I didn't know about that. This, yeah, this so would have been his husband or boyfriend or what? Uh, I believe just boyfriend, okay. but I guess he was like a social media influencer guy. Huh. Um, and he'd been talking about like thirst traps or like better life, I don't, like money. I don't know all of that, okay. but he was, uh, he didn't like the way, uh, Theo was going politically. Oh. Um, and he thought that he should just sort of stay out of that uh-huh. lane. Um, and so he had been talking about it, I guess, quite a bit on his social media that he was concerned about it and it wasn't his thing. He didn't like it. Um, and yeah, they found him dead and there's, oh. there's suspicion that it was likely suicide. Yeah. Oh, sucks. wow. That's really sad. Uh, well, yeah. let's lighten things up and we'll go to half. I promise you this okay. will change the mood a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've titled this segment, uh, and I think I, we have too many clips for it. So all I'd have is sounds for half. Maybe we play one when we come back from half, and then one more when okay. we leave. And that still won't be all of them. Um, that, so th- <laughs> these, these clips are titled, Poor Gwyneth, So Pretty, So Put Upon. Was he grinding and thrusting or something? Or did-, did you hear about... Do you Okay, do you know anything about this case? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they basically... So what happened Don't give was- away with this. Don't give away what she's talking about. Just set it up. So Gwyneth Paltrow was skiing, and uh, there like, was a collision between herself and a gentleman. They each have different stories. Gwyneth says he ran into her. He says she ran into him. That's they put the peanut butter in each today. other's chocolate and chocolate in each other's peanut butter? <laughs> yeah, so he's suing her, and then she counter is countersuing him. Oh, at the same time, or are there two separate trials? Do they do that in one? How does that work? I don't, I'm not sure. Oh. I, I just know that she's countersing. I don't know if there's okay. separate trials. I, I assume it, there would be separate trials, but one would think. 
Oh yeah, I'm gonna, yeah. gonna hit play. So um, I had no idea what to think of this at all because I didn't even know it was happening. The way I found out was uh, memes saying this trial look has, has ski trial written all over it, or uh, <laughs> like this is this looks like people suing each other over a mayo related accident, um, like being too spicy or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so when I found out what it was really about, it was what Alan just said, and I was like, well, I don't know what's true. I mean, you know, when you're skiing, like. First of all, people are assholes and people are dumb. And like, yep. if you're just like a normal skier, assholes and dumb people are probably going to hit you, uh, or you're going to hit them because they're going to do something you can't anticipate. There's a lot of I don't know crisscrossing people. I don't know how many times I've almost like taken out little kids or whatever yeah. people or just the morons. Or I mean, like, you, you learned at some right point, right? Like, how many times yeah. you run into people or try? And you're like, while you're learning, you're like, hey, I don't know how to stop. Just so you know, if you can get out the fuck out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, anyway, uh, so I didn't know what to take, what to make of it until this part of the trial. So in this part of the trial, um, is this the prosecutor? Is this the opposing? Is she, is she being, is she giving her defense? You mean? Yeah. Is the, I I don't know who's the defense in this. Well, this is the first trial, I believe. So I think Gwyneth is the The defendant. Okay. So is this the prosecutor? This is the guy suing her lawyer, right? I don't know yet. Oh, the lady, the lady. Okay. She's being, um, she's being, she's giving her testimony, I guess, or she's being cross-examined and mm-hmm. the attorney is asking her in this clip if there was like thrusting or a grinding. So the context of that <laughs> is stop laughing. You won't not, you don't want that in the rest of this audio, um, sure. Sure. is, uh, uh, Gwyneth is accusing him vaguely of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And I didn't unmute it. Sting or something, or just the noises? What's what? What made you think it was a, an, a a sexual assault? So that was a quick thought that went through my head when I was trying to reconcile what was happening. I was skiing, and two skis came between my skis, forcing my legs apart, and then there was a body pressing against me, and there was a very strange grunting noise. So my brain was trying to make sense of what was happening. I thought. Am I, is this a practical joke? Is someone like doing something perverted? This is really, really strange. My mind was going very, very quickly and I was trying to ascertain what was happening. Okay. Um, I think you said, I didn't know if it was an accident, but he was groaning and grunting in a very disturbing way. Yes, there was a sort of groan coming out of his mouth. I, I just, I don't know shit about this, but like, Here's the scenario she just painted. It was a skiing accident where he hit her or she hit him. I'm not sure. But in this accident, she's moving along. She looks down. She sees two skis slide in slowly. And then there's like a spreading and there's like a thrusting and a grunting and a groan. Like while you're still moving, because otherwise there was like, you know, Someone crashed into you. I mean, because because that's how it like that's the way that sounds is that she's saying like this this like she looked and the skis were coming in and then her legs felt like they were being spread and it's like Ooh, okay, but then you're like hold on no this is about people hitting each other so it would have been someone came in from behind I guess you were staring down at your feet when you saw the skis come in and call me crazy but I think the grunting sound might have been the guy running into you and then you two tumbling <laughs> into the ground I don't know God forbid you fucking groan while that happens right I. I, I just I don't know it anything about like this, she's and I just talking about like, like they're they were involved in some delicate dance, or right? Something, you know, <laughs> that's clearly not the way 
it happened. It's funny. So the guy is, is saying, which by the way, to me, he sounds pretty incredible. Uh, he sounds like I don't, not, not uh, credible. He, 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 incredible. Yeah, yes, not uh-huh. credible. Um, he's claiming that he suffered brain damage as a result. Oh, of and this. he couldn't enjoy wine, right? Yeah, and he can't <laughs> ski anymore because the doctor told him if he falls again, you can if you hit one more Gwyneth Paltrow, you're going to ruin any Iron Man sequels. Un- unbelievable. I don't, I don't know. It just didn't seem very likely to me. Just, I'm going to go back to the well, and I've got one. I've got a couple more clips. Let's see. My feet are about what a foot apart? Would you say 18 inches? Probably. Okay. And you believe that two skis slid right between? That is correct. Okay. And so all of a sudden you see these two skis coming in between your legs. I would have freaked out too. And I did. Okay. So when you guys are, when you froze and you're skiing together, I think you said at one point you, it was like you were spooning. Well, when we fell down, we fell. I fell on his body. He fell on the ground. And so it was kind of like a spoon on the ground. It's a big spoon, little spoon, Alan. (laughs) I mean, her story doesn't sound that much more credible. No, it really doesn't. Okay, I I don't (laughs) care. I don't want to act like I care, especially when we've got all the shit we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. I'm uh, going to go get a drink, and I'll be back, and I call Little Spoon. (laughs) This is the B-side of our platter, sports fans. And I'm singing just for you, covered in sequins. In the canyons of your mind I will wander through your brain To the ventricles of your heart, my dear I'm in love with you again Hi. Uh, let's come back from half with. I think we've had enough with the culture. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah that, that's a good one. You got to smile. At your face. Yeah. I wanted it now, but I'll you like that one. one. It'll be a good one. All right. One, yeah. Because it doesn't come up in the show, uh, and it's okay. been um, two, three weeks since we talked about it. So keep that in mind. Um, it's been. It's been. Uh, I guess we could casually have a conversation about this and just see what you think. So when I was at the wedding last weekend, um, mm-hmm. a so- oh, it was when I was at the bar with the groom a couple of days before the wedding. And that song, uh, God, I get all these butt rock bands from the 2000s confused, but uh, who sang the Hero to Save Us song for Spider-Man 3? We're gonna need a hero to save us. Not gonna stand here away. Fuck. Is it Nickelback? Or is it. I was gonna say, is it Nickelback? Or Creed, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, um, the the groom, Louis, was like, man, I always get this song confused with Kiss from a Rose. (laughs) It It totally has Kiss from a Rose vibes. Should I maybe pull this shit up? It does. Uh, It is Nickelback. It is Nickelback. Oh, well, why you got it? No, we don't need to play it. Nobody wants to hear it, right? Plus, Nobody wants to hear someday that, no. we'll get paid for these old episodes. <laughs> They'll try to take it from us, Alan. Uh, okay. Does it give you Kiss from a Rose vibe? A little bit. Rose I can see on it. the grave. That'd be a pretty fucking cool cover, actually. <laughs> uh, or make a mashup in that way. 
I don't know. I kind of want to play sure some more Gwyneth. Max could probably make a mashup with it. Yeah, he probably could. Did you see Ma- Max yeah. Polishuk? Do you follow him? Yeah. on? Did you see what he posted? Yeah. He posted something today where some DJ was apologizing because the thumb drive uh, all the crashed stuff. on him. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And he's like, you could just be a fucking DJ and match the beats right. per minute. Like, I, I think DJs are obnoxious, but like that's like the one thing that you're supposed to be good at. Like it's, it's the whole thing being a musical, being a curator of music isn't the thing. And like, I mean, being a producer is one thing. Like if you can produce the tracks and then play them for people, that's kind of cool to show off something you've produced. But like, then the only experience is those people being like in a group together. You're not doing anything, but like if you're matching the beats per minute, you're, you're feeling the flow. You're letting things last a little longer, you know? He did point out that um, the set has like visual effects that are tied to the music, and so he kind of understood why it would be pre-recorded because you you're matching that beat up or that particular part of the music up with a specific visual. I mean, this is a huge show, right? Um, so he's like, yeah, I get that, but you should still be able to fucking you know hold the headphones to your ear and fucking figure it out, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're paying you a lot pro. of money to put on a show. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, and it's supposed to be what you're good at, right? Like. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, I, I think now is a good time to interrupt and say uh, this show, again, is brought to you by Hard Mountain Dew. Hard Mountain Dew, uh, the, when, I, when I'm when i thirsty, I, I often reach for a, um, uh, uh, what's it called, Alan? The uh, Baja Blast flavored, zero oh, sugar, yes. Hard Mountain Dew, 5% alcohol, uh, no caffeine, unfortunately, which is a real misnomer. You know what I've noticed is the Baja Blast mixes really well with um, sugar-free Red Bull. You almost don't taste the Red Bull. Oh, I can see yeah. that. I did that, and I put up wallpaper this weekend. It was fun, man. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's it's refreshing. Yeah, Mountain Dew for all your refreshing beverage needs. Mountain Dew, please pass. This is <laughs> all right. They seem cool. They seem like they'd get back to us on that. Yeah, sure. Totally. Po- po- post. What is it? Hit them up on Twitter. What do you call that? Backdate. Backdate these payments. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move into our uh, making fun of the right first, and then we have a lot of the left to get to. Actually, a little bit of both this week. I'm excited about the both. Um, so I don't think this is going to age well. Uh, this is DeSantis. War II veteran. He's 100 years old. Um, he's had a remarkable career of service uh, to, to our country and to the state of Florida. He was a state senator here. He knew Charles Lindbergh. He wow. knew he knows Buzz Aldrin, Joe DiMaggio, presidents uh, from Truman to Reagan. But do you think he knew Marilyn Monroe if he knew Joe DiMaggio? Well, Why is he only mentioning the dudes? Hold on. What kind of Who's he talking about, this guy slay? Oh, uh, so this is a hundred year old man who was getting his COVID vaccine oh. two years ago. <laughs> this doesn't pair well with uh ron DeSantis' fauci comments from this last what was this thing that he put up he had a slogan he's like full freedom and prosecute fauci or something like that oh no something he was like, like yeah, he's yeah. like um we never closed down and i would have fired fauci it's like would you because you just gave this man the vaccine and i that's not super popular amongst the people that are turned like the fire person fauci that you're trying fraud, to yeah. bring in with the fire fauci stuff is not the person that's gonna like is also is not gonna like you for injecting this hundred year old man with gene therapy um, and he's an American sleep. hero he's a hundred years old okay, and he's yeah. got the opportunity now to get the vaccine oh. so we're excited he's, a- oh, he's uh, also if Ron DeSantis sounds weird in that's, that clip it's because he's on TV talking through a mask uh, just this whole fucking <laughs> oh, clip wow. just, oh, oh, I fuck. whoops, sorry. oh this is the same episode do you remember this Alan from earlier after these 
How do you justify fucking... I didn't mean to play that again. I'm sorry. Twitter did its thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to do well with his base. They're calling him Ron DeSoros. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's easier to spell than DeSanctimonious. It, it, it's much easier. That's, that's better. Yes. Just go with Meatball Ron. Like, I desperately want him to go with Meatball Ron. <laughs> Maybe uh, that doesn't play well. I don't know. Oh, Alan, they, uh, they finally got Hunter Biden. Do you want to hear? Oh. They got Do the so. dirt on him. Wilcox, if a person lies on Form 4473 and a user and is a user of unlawful drugs, um, you can get between five to ten years for that. Is that correct? Is that my understanding? Uh, just pause this for a second and say, Paul sent this in. Paul, thank you. I think we argued over this post, but I liked it enough to play it in the show. <laughs> no, I, be I believe Congress changed the uh, sentence uh, last Congress. Uh, what is that sentence now? Up to 15 up to 15 years. Do you understand the context of what's going on in this video? So for form four, four, seven, three is like a gun. Uh, it's like the background check. For, it's it's yeah, part yeah. of the background paperwork that you fill out as you buy a gun. Uh, as someone who recently had to get a one day trout fishing license so that I could purchase a handgun without uh, an ID, I can tell you that the, <laughs> is that true? I told you that on the show. I, I didn't have, I, so my ID. So when you fill out the background check, if your address so like where I live right now is a different address than what's still on my driver's oh, license because right, I haven't updated right, right. it since okay. then. But it still says Nashville. So. It just says a different yeah. address, right? Mm -hmm. So instead, uh, so so when I went to buy the gun, they they were like, does this match? Like what you're going to fill out on the form, does it match what's on your ID? And I was like, it won't. He's like, okay, well, they're mm -hmm. going to deny your background check. Do you want to go over there? And well, first of all, he's like, do you have a birth certificate on you? For some reason, they won't take a passport, which I actually did have on me. I, I anticipated <laughs> thinking that would be enough. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't have any of the forms of ID that I needed. He's like, okay, don't worry. Go up to the front desk and buy a one-day trout fishing license. This was 6 p.m., Alan. <laughs> I don't know when trout bite, but I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe, they're, night, maybe they're good for night fishing. I think they're morning fish. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I came back with my one-day trout fishing license, then I went on with the rest of the background check. And what they're referring to is part of the rest of the background check. And one of the questions they ask you is, have you, uh, I don't know how it's exactly worded, but it's pretty fresh on, in mind from having gone through this process recently. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah. it was like, do you, are you addicted to or use any illegal drugs? And I think they say including marijuana. I don't think they say cannabis, which oh, is wow. funny because that's the slang. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, which tells you their motive, right? They're like, oh, I want these marijuana hippies in it. Uh, <laughs> these commie f uh, <laughs> flags. Ooh. Uh, ooh. It's, um, it's a lyric from that Charlie Daniels song I played a couple months ago. Am I on thin ice, Alan? Let's move on. You, so you are. the... Uh, I'm an ally. The uh, <laughs> it's a country song. I'm quoting. Okay, I'm, I'm bringing more attention to where? it. I'm still talking about it. So they think they finally got this guy. This this man is being a serious person. Uh, Representative Tiffany, a man, um, is being a serious person, saying we finally got Hunter Biden. He filled out one of these forms and said he's not addicted or and doesn't do drugs, but we have him on film doing drugs, banging hookers. <laughs> Uh, why hasn't Hunter Biden been prosecuted for the crime that he committed? I'm not aware of the facts of that case and can't comment on it. Okay, who do we talk to to see why this uh, case is not being prosecuted? How are you not aware of the facts? Are you saying the facts of the case? Oh, he means the actual investigation into him. Okay, that is a fair answer. I was like, the facts of the case, we've all seen the videos. 
He said very clearly in his book that he used drugs. He had a uh, gun, a gun, at least a gun. Point of order, Mr. Chairman. Oh, this is hilarious. State your point of order. Totally irrelevant and not germane to this proceeding. Uh, not Sir, a court he's, of got law. His, he's got his five minutes. This is a court of Go law. Go ahead, continue. You don't get to say Fair. irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> I, I understand why yourself, um, you do not want Mr. Wilcox to answer that question. It's very clear why you don't want Because there's a dual system of justice in America. That's what's going on right now. And everybody's talking about it across America. There's yeah, two there's a two systems of justice where, you know, if you're a former president and you do anything wrong, then you're... They're just going to railroad you by waiting to prosecute and checking with everybody in the entire legal system to see if it's really fair to do to this person and ruin their life when maybe they were just only tangentially involved with this thing and not really the mastermind that people think they were. Or, you know, and they'll, um, they'll, they'll hold grand juries before they just charge you with anything. And then after they hold the grand juries... They won't charge you, even though they're doing what the grand jury is instructing the DA to do, which is the entire purpose of having this whole system. It, there's two systems of justice here, Alan. <laughs> two systems of justice is so plain to see. Shouldn't have such, shouldn't have got that tan if you didn't want to serve that time. We learned that song mm. from the ACAB. We learned those lyrics from the ACAB song. Um, all right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> this is Representative Connolly of Virginia. Um, I, I like this. I like this. This uh, We're making fun of the right, in case you forgot. Um, so he's kind of pissed off at a lot of the stuff that we point out in our culture wars where people just totally reframe anything that Trump ever did. And Paul, I am kind of picking on you here. They just say, yeah, well, he had mean tweets. It's like, mother, no, that's not like, that's a part that is worth saying. Like, I don't think that's very presidential, but it wasn't the mean tweets that bugged me. It was, that the, was the thing. It yeah. was the complete fear of him, like just shooting from the hip on internationals uh in international right. conversations where people like i don't know an ex-spy from what turns out to be our still greatest adversary is in a room and and then stories get leaked out from that so the next time you meet they're like fine i've solved this no notes and no one in the room but me and the former spy i'm sure that won't end poorly that's what i hated about yeah, him brilliant i got stuff in the next segment about all the shit i hate about the guy we got right now and we can compare and contrast and we'll be on the same page i'm just saying it's not the mean tweets <laughs> anyway so this guy's trying to kind of counteract the uh, revisionist history that people are putting maga in in a very short amount of time which is amazing uh, here we can hit play on this. We gotta find the volume first. Especially the opening statement of the chairman. I, I I'm reminded of the line in the Wizard of Oz: "Lions and tigers and bears." Oh my! Because apparently you have single-handedly. Does this have anything to do with bears? Left the world in a mess. There's no historic context. So I want to ask a series of questions. To try to get my mind around the history behind things. So, for example, the chairman mentioned uh, Iran's about to become a nuclear power. Oh, my. How could that happen? Well, Mr. Secretary, was there an agreement, I don't know, anywhere that actually pushed back the nuclear development in Iran <laughs> I, I and, in fact, was this? working in all respects in terms of metrics? Uh, there was. It was called the JCPOA, and it put Iran's nuclear program in a box as verified not only by international inspectors but by our own intelligence community. Ah, I remember that now. And I seem to recall my friends in the SSL opposed it. And then what happened to that agreement that was working? 
the previous administration decided to leave the agreement. I'm sorry, Mr. Secretary, I couldn't hear that. Yes, the previous administration uh, decided to leave the agreement. The Trump administration. That's correct. Ah, okay. My, my. Um, Afghanistan. I mean, terrible thing that happened in August of 2021, but did it have any antecedent? For example, was there anybody who said, we're going to negotiate in Doha with the Taliban and we're going to actually exclude the government of Afghanistan we're allegedly supporting? Did that happen? Uh, the previous administration negotiated an agreement with the Taliban. Uh, that called for the withdrawal of all American forces from Afghanistan by May 31st of 2021, released 5,000 uh, Taliban prisoners. Um, and all those terrorists. I'm not listening to anybody who calls them the Taliban. Mr. Wilson was concerned about In addition, uh, uh, drew down our own forces over time to oh 2,500 when the present administration took office. And that was also, was that the Biden administration? Uh, as I said, that was the previous administration. Well, I'm sorry, did that have a name? Uh, the Trump administration. Trump administration, thank <laughs> He's you. He's being okay. a cut. Was there a, a president yes. of the United States who said that he believed the word of, uh, you know, a sociopath Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence community with respect to Russian interference in American elections? Did that happen? Uh, I recall press uh, accounts to that, uh, to that effect, yes. And did that president have a name? Uh, I believe that was President Trump. Was there a president <laughs> who denied javelins, critical part of the arsenal for Ukraine to defend itself before the war that began last uh, February and March uh, over a political issue trying to get dirt in a political opponent? Did that happen? Based on press accounts and uh, uh, testimony before Congress, uh, I believe that it did, yes. And who was that? Uh, that was the previous president, President Trump. President Trump. <laughs> was there a president who disparaged NATO and said it was obsolete? Uh, there's a lot. And we probably don't Do really need it anymore. I Any president ever enough. say that in the yeah, I mean, He's going to start talking about NATO. It doesn't matter. Here, let me close this window. I could listen to more. I mean, I could listen to more, but I mean, he is being a little cunty. Yeah. He's not wrong about any of it, but but you know. I feel like he's ruining his own clip, right? Like, yeah, he could have been a little less cunty. Yeah, he would have yeah, had a better, more palatable. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah, say yeah. that the guy hedges really well in his answers because he says based on press accounts and testimony right. before Congress, which leaves the door open for people that don't want to believe those particular. I don't believe most of what I read in the press. I don't believe most of the shit we read about Russia. I don't believe most of the shit that was conjured up uh, with even the stuff with uh, the president and Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. I believe enough that because like you can filter out most of it and still be left with this is dirty. Like this is this is dirty mm -hmm. pool. And you say that's politics. Okay. Well, I'm also on record saying all presidents should be impeached. So what do you got else for me? Like, I knocked these out of the park all fucking day, dog. All right. Uh, DMs are open. Uh, let's close making fun of the right with a Jordan Klepper clip. We haven't played him in a while because he's kind of cunty. Too. You can't. That's a picture of a dog. Why does this always open the wrong link the first time? I'm going to open the same link and it's going to be the right one. Watch magic happen. All right. Donald Trump is president right now. He's currently the president. Absolutely. He is still president. There's a lot of things that this Biden person does not have, like the presidential seal and things like that, that are pretty obvious. Biden, do Biden doesn't have the presidential seal. But like, it's like a wrestling belt when you leave town with it. Does it have the presidential seal? No. When he speaks, there's a presidential seal in front of him. It's not real. What is he doing as president? Uh, he is in charge of the military. Great. The military is in charge of this whole thing. The military were put in charge in 2018 when President Trump signed an executive order. The American military arms that are going to Ukraine, we have Donald Trump to thank for that? 
No. no. That's, that's two militaries. There, there's, there's two different There's two militaries. There's the good and the bad. So there's two militaries. Donald Trump's in charge of the good one. Marines. Yes. Biden's in charge of the bad military. That's yes. exactly right. Donald Trump is president. I'm joking. I'm, I'm a civilian. I've never served. I just talk shit because I lived in San Diego. Uh, also, same branch. They're both Navy. So go fuck yourself if you're mad at me. <laughs> That's some cognitive dissonance right uh, there. It is. Yeah, I've been wanting to press this button for a long time. We've already played it twice today. So, uh, All right, let's move on to making fun of both. Because as we mentioned on the Friday show, and as we've already mentioned here, here um, they uh, grilled the TikTok CEO. So I have this hmm. titled, uh, These People Are Idiots. Shochu. Shochu. <laughs> uh, What's his name? Shochu. I mean, it could be show or shoe, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, depending on whether you speak it with the Tennessee accent or, you know, properly, I suppose. Anyway, um, okay, here's the setup for the uh, TikTok CEO being grilled um, because I don't think both of these statements are true. I don't think that what they, no, let me say that better. I don't think that what they're about to say is true. And I have proof right after this setup. <laughs> TikTok, Xiaozi Chu had literally had to answer questions by a congressional committee about wow, his company. This is largely about user collected data and security issues. And I, I watched some of it today because um, it was on for quite a while. And the congressmen were bringing up good points. Hmm? They seemed well informed oh. and they seemed legitimately concerned. And All right. So let's hear these uh, well informed and concerned. And of course, it's not the fucking clip. I set it up perfectly. Let's hear these well informed and concerned uh, congressmen and good questions. The point is this I want to say this to all the teenagers is, uh, out there and TikTok influencers who think we're just old and out of touch and don't know what we're talking about. Crenshaw. Can you tell me right now? Can you say with 100% certainty that TikTok does not use the phone's camera mm -hmm. to determine? whether the content that elicits a pupil dilation should be amplified by the algorithm? Can you tell me that? We do not collect body, face, or voice data to identify our users. We do not. The, the, the How, only but you, you don't? The, no. The only face data that you get that we collect is when you use the filters to have, say, sunglasses on your face. We need to know where your eyes are. And Why that, do you need it, to know what the eyes are and, if you're not seeing if they're dilated? And, and that data is stored on your local he's, device. And he's just hung up on the whole, like, you use it for he's, he's convinced that it's about whether it causes... Precise you're, you're good, right? <laughs> Fucking phone. Okay. Can I talk phone? Okay. All right. I don't know what I was going to say now. <laughs> Delete it after use if you use it for facial. As oh, yeah. Any he's all... Fed local device and use it for facial. As TikTok at any time... As TikTok at any... As TikTok at any time violated, and, and that data is stored on your local device and deleted after use if you use it for facial. It won't stop before there. As <laughs> when he says facial, you have to hit stop. I can't. And delete. Okay, I got it. So this guy's just obsessed with this. Like he probably has an aide, or he read some report, or he's listening to talk radio, and they were like, and if if your if your pupils dilate, then they know they got you, and you're more hooked. And then they respond to that, right. and they amplify their algorithm to things that have more pupil dilation. That's the that's the magic with TikTok. See, everyone else responds to your likes and your hearts, and if you give an angry react, then they really know what to give you because if you're angry, you're gonna stay there longer. But TikTok's even better because they look at pupil dilation. Never mind the fact that that would mean being able to tell the difference between a blue eye with dilation or a brown eye with dilation which 
good luck telling like i mean that's a pretty good front-facing camera if you can t- pick up that kind of shit yeah um, seriously. Yeah, yeah yeah i i feel like that would be a really tough task if you took the phone up to your fucking face like that's just a paranoia <laughs> and as we've learned many of the rumors about this were started by comedians like andrew schultz so like <laughs> these guys are so sure. dumb all right next clip that after you see if you use it for facial as tiktok at any time fed precise gps information collected from U.S. users into algorithms, oh, no, I'm having oh, today, oh, oh, to make algorithms. inferences about users. As TikTok at any time provided the Chinese government with either precise GSP information collected from U.S. Short users, Saint-Pierre? or Short inter- Saint-Pierre? <laughs> pointers, <laughs> hot, wait, hot. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, German short-haired puppies in your area, but then I thought as I went to say it, it was hot single moms in your area, and I just crossed the hot German short hairs in that your area. That was a Freudian slip yeah. right there. Hey, hey, I've got my own Vishla at home, Alan. Come on. Made from that data. That I can give you a straight no, Mr. Chu. Does TikTok access the home Wi-Fi network? <laughs> this is good. Only if the user turns on the Wi-Fi. I, I'm sorry, I may not understand the. So if I have. So in his head, he's thinking, access the Wi-Fi network. He's like, well, if they're online in the home, access means get online through the Wi-Fi network. That's what a normal right. person hears That's when they think thinking. that. Yeah, yeah. But the senator is thinking, does it hack your Wi-Fi network? And so he gives him a, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to be caught lying. And say no because I think you're stupid. So I'll say <laughs> yes because that's true. TikTok app on my phone, and my phone is on my home Wi-Fi network. Does TikTok access that network? It will have to, to access the <laughs> network to get connections to the internet. If, if that's the question. <laughs> oh, oh, it was too good. And like, dude, I'm not gonna say. I saw a lot of memes going. I saw the same meme. I saw it early on because I'm fucking very online. I, I I saw the one come across where it was like, uh, you know, where there's the lady at the desk and there's the guy that walks by that's like giving a compliment and she's like into him because he's handsome. Mm-hmm. And then another guy yeah. walks by who's like a slob and she's like, hello, HR. And then that's been repurposed in a lot of formats. So that format is used um, in this one with TikTok or excuse me, Facebook walking by as the handsome guy being like, hey, I'm mm. stealing all your data and I spy on you. And she's like, great. And then the second frame below is TikTok being like, hey, I spy on you. And they're like, hello, uh, the government. And dude, it's totally right. Like, it's totally right. But here we can do something about changing our government if we feel like they're misusing their powers and partnering uh, with and compelling tech companies or tech companies uh, choosing to partner with the government. We can do something about that. We probably not because, I mean, I started the show or I guess it was halftime. I don't remember. We were talking about Iraq. You can protest all you want. Nothing fucking happens. Cops are still allowed to kill people and break the law. But the you, you, you can perceive you can um purportedly do something about it here we can't do anything about a foreign country doing that and that is what sort of spoils i think i think that's very different i think it's a distinction don't you i do i also want to point out that (laughs) while there certainly are some moronic congress members um there were some congress members that asked intelligent questions that asked relevant questions and and did seem to know what the hell they were talking about um i i definitely have heard that clip and i've heard other clips uh similar of people asking really stupid questions and clearly not understanding what they were talking about but there were there were plenty that that did um i didn't realize so i don't actually your undivided attention did a show before the one we played earlier clips from they did a show about tiktok 
I did not realize, I think it was them. I didn't realize that they, well, I knew that they catered their, the version of TikTok that you get to like your, your country. Mm -hmm. I was aware of that. Um, so they can manipulate the algorithm so that it shows different people, different videos to people in America that would show in China. Um, did you realize that in Russia, when the war kicked off, that they essentially isolated Russian TikTok users from the rest of the world? And there's a significant number of Russian TikTok users. They also um, removed any mention of the war from any TikTok videos and any that were criticism of the- in, internally in Russia. Yeah, for their version and of any, Russia. Yep. So they and just any criticism of the. Why would the any okay? Any criticism what of the Russian government? Of the Kremlin yeah. um, was also removed, and anything pro Kremlin was promoted. So is that so, so? Is that company that's in Russia its own company, like the American TikTok is in the U.S., or is that just straight no. up that's Chinese TikTok? No, that's, that's Chinese doing so, it. So, and they're there's purportedly doing that because if you recall, after the war kicked off, they made a, a, a rule or a law in Russia, like a fake news kind of law, where if anybody called it a yeah. war, they you know yeah it was illegal, right? Um. So responding to that, and also obviously the Chinese Communist Party is, you know, they're they're in bed with Putin at some level. Um, so that's just disturbing as fuck, dude. I mean, yeah, you hear about something like that. Well, I mean, because that you tells imagine... you a lot about the company, then, right? Like, right. there's speculation that any large company or any company really in China has um, influence it's controlled it, by it, the CCP. Yeah. yeah, but like, doesn't it's ByteDance, right? It's ByteDance. Doesn't ByteDance have golden shares? Where the the yeah, feel free explain what's a golden yes. share. So, on large companies in China, typically we have a um, somebody on their board who is from the not the chair. They sell shares. Well, right, they so bought enough. They bought yes, they buy that seat on the board. Yeah, and essentially they have um, sort of like first. Uh, ability to say no we're not going to do that or yes we are going to do that um for the company um so yeah it's it's pretty pretty crazy so one could imagine let's say china did invade taiwan what do you think tiktok's going to look like here in the u.s there's going to be you know what i mean there's going to be no mention of it they're going to there's propaganda that's pro-china anti-taiwan and all that that, that's clearly what would happen right yeah record of doing that sure yeah they're controlling a narrative no you're right yeah and they I mean, it's the fifth column, right? Isn't that what that's yeah. always meant? Yeah. Except it, in this case, it's a foreign. I mean, it, it's as if they, I mean, in the old days, it would be as if 50% of the country was buying a foreign newspaper and believing the stories that were written in yeah, it. Exactly. The same way our, yeah. our papers distort our stories. Man, mm-hmm. I know. I feel like I knew that, but when it was put that way, that was really eye opening. I'm, I'm glad we dwelled on that as long as we did. Yeah. Uh, at least for me personally. Cool. Hopefully at least one listener appreciated that. Um, all right, let's move on to making fun of the left. Uh, Janet Yellen said this about banks. Paul sent this in. The appearance that she had, I believe this is before Congress, um, the whole thing was a disaster, man. I don't know what this clip is specifically, but it was. It did not come off very well, good. I mean, she doesn't just... I, have you seen Bad Santa, right? Yeah, of course. You remember when he goes to the kid's house and he's like, well, uh, grandma or mother will make us food or something like that. And he's like, is grandma spry? I, like she is not spry. This is <laughs> grandma is not spry. Grandma is not spry. She just never fucking plays the clip I want. Right. So, so what is your plan to keep 
large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks. We have seen the mergers of banks over the past decade. I'm concerned you're about to accelerate that by encouraging anyone who has a large deposit in a community bank to say, we're not going to make you whole, but if you go to one of our preferred banks, we will make you whole at that point. Um, this is not going to go look, well. I mean, we're, that's certainly not something that we're encouraging. That is happening right now. She's that is around. happening because depositors are concerned about the bank failures yeah. that have happened yeah. and whether or not other that. banks could also um, no, it, it, fail. It's we're describing why they're doing it, but that's not. we're asking you what your plan is to prevent <laughs> that type of fear escalating to the point that people take action <sighs> on it. Because you're yeah. fully insured. Is the whole fucking reason we have a Federal Reserve and, and like this whole system is to be able to manage this to avoid it. Otherwise, th what they say, what people that argue against me for being upset with the Fed and they, you know, accuse me of being a libertarian unfairly it is <laughs> that like th their response to me saying anything bad about the Fed is, oh, do you want bank runs? F fucking this. No matter what the amount is, if you're in a big bank. You're not fully insured if you're in a community bank. Well, you're not fully insured. And right. So, so what is your bank. plan to keep <laughs> large depositors from moving their funds out of community banks into the big banks? Um, yeah, dude. Like, I, and you know what's funny is that these guys want to go up there and fucking grandstand and berate these people. And I got the feeling that he was like reminding her. He's like, no, no, no. Hey, little lady. What I'm telling you is we need to have an answer if you want us to feel comfortable. And she's like, oh, well, this is what's happening. It's right. I already told them what's happening. What are you in a position of power going to fucking do about it? Fuck. Yeah. Man. Thanks, Paul. Former, uh, former Fed chair, former or current secretary of treasury. Yep. There you go. All right. Here's another clip. Isn't it cool? We talk to the team door? and we have. Oh, my God. Um, this is one of my favorites. This is a new. We haven't had a new uh, uh, KJP for a while. Kareem John Pierre. A couple of things Press that I just Secretary. want to lay out for all of you and on what the D.C. bill does. It reduces maximum penalties uh, for offenses like murders and other homicides, armed, armed home invasion burglaries, armed, armed carjackings, as I mentioned, armed robberies, unlawful gun possession, and some uh, sexual assault offenses. Was this a good idea to be reducing penalties on, like those specific ones like i mean i, I was don't know. expecting her to say like drug you know drug I, charges i watched that clip so many times to look for edits i'm like hold on like is this a fucking deep fake like is this bullshit and it's like man no that yeah. happened huh. uh yeah i don't have a sound for that um this is um i got a classic joe flub for you we'll get into a little bit of joe, i joe have Bob. this that's frank zappa it just won't open the fucking clip i want it to be it's <laughs> what just the a fucking hell? clip roulette now I know you feel it. So many of you felt like you've just simply been forgotten. Made the hep guy out of my cup Made the hep guy out of my cup Totally normal, right? <laughs> totally. Totally normal. Uh, Do you know there was a poll today that came out? Uh, only 25% of Democrats want him to run again uh, in 24. Dude, you did your job, um, right? Like, you you just be go into yeah. the history book as beating Trump and let somebody else fight him. Like, So, do you know... So, here's the problem. Well, here's the interesting thing. Um, so, when, when asked 
okay, if, if you don't want Biden, who do you want? The person with the name who got the highest percentage? Like a known Kamala name? She, oh, what? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. That's not even the thing. So she got 13%. <laughs> you know who got the, you know who got the biggest percent? Other. 50, like 52, I want to say, 51, 52%. Well, that means said, they'll literally, 52 else. is like literally any of the other names that we haven't heard of, but just hurry up and get them out there so that we can yeah, sell this. somebody else, yes. Meanwhile, Kamala's. Do not come. I mean, I say this all the time. The governor of Colorado, which in many ways has a lot of Republican districts um, and the Democratic ones are probably, I, I don't know. I don't know its demographics well, or its, uh, its, um, <clears throat> It's district shape up as well as I as I used to. I know uh, Republicans never going to win Boulder, uh, but you know Colorado yeah. Springs. You got a lot of, of heavy Republican areas there, and you get up into those mountains, man. And it's you know it's not too dissimilar from Wyoming. Um, and so sure. what I'm trying to say is, there's a Democrat that runs that state, and everyone likes him. Oh, and openly gay. Not that that should be any kind of a selling point, but in this case, that's impressive. On top of their career, Kareem Jean Pierre. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, I, I've heard some really good interviews with him. I'd love to see him run, um, you know, while there's still a country to govern. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that's the one that that's my, um, dark horse, I suppose. What's his name? Um, Jared Polis. Yeah. Here Jared I am Polis. trying to sell him and I don't yeah. say his fucking name in the middle yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Jared Polis from Colorado. Um, yeah. Right. And everybody there likes him. Um, he's, he was reelected. That's the thing. He just got reelected, but so did Rhonda. Uh, the, let's, oh, I've got to look at my phone. That's where I have my things now. Um, I'm going to skip this one. Did you see that? I'll just ask you if you saw it. Did you see the interview with Joe Brandon, Joe Biden and, uh, Cal Penn? No, I did not. It was pretty interesting. I'll send it to you. Toaster sent it to me. And then it was, it was just like, it's about two minutes long. I just don't want to play all of it. Um, towards the second half of it, it kind of gets into like, he says something like what they're doing down in Florida, which just feels like you're the president, bro. And he's like, he keeps talking about it in the interview. Like there's all these things going on in this country as if he's not the president, which I get the counter to that is like, well, the States have the rights to do that. Uh, and that was the difference between the last guy and this guy is that, you know, the last guy would be like, I don't fucking care about that. I want them to be different. And it's like, well, I don't mm. like that approach from anyone. And then it's like, okay, Joe, yeah, I get that. You like want to let these places do that, but just, can dad just be in the fucking room? Actually, I'm on record saying bullshit when people are like, we got a daddy back in the office. Like just, I don't know if you remember that. After 2016, people, grown men were on like Fox News saying, we've got a daddy in the office now. This country has, a, <laughs> I was just like, what happened to you in your childhood, bro? But all I wow. meant by that was like an adult in the room. Like we kind of got somebody right, who, sure. who I could feel was a little bit more, a little bit more control of their impulsivity. Uh, unless there's a child's head around to sniff. Uh, all right. Anyways, I'll send you a link to the Calpin interview. Okay. Um, yeah. This was Joe today. I don't know. Should I play this? Did you know? I'm going to play this first. Okay. No, I'm going to play this first. I'm going to play these in order. So I'm going to play this uh, clip of Joe coming down. So he had a press conference he was going to be doing today. If you just won't ever open right um so joe biden had a press conference today at 2:45 on the east coast so the events of today okay. monday were around 11 maybe noon on the east mm -hmm. coast um reports started coming in about a school shooting in nashville area um right. so at least two hours post that 
he had a scheduled press conference that he went down to. So this is a clip from Fox News where they cut away from their coverage because they know the president's about to give an address. Uh, even though it's about something else, you know, he's going to come on there and start talking about this. So this is what he had to say about the school shooting. Um, this is in our mission. the White House. My name is Joe Biden. This is weird, dude. I'm Dr. Joe Biden's husband. This is really weird. And I ate Jenny's ice cream, chocolate chip. It's not, not a deep fake. I came down because I heard there was chocolate chip ice cream. By the way, I have a whole refrigerator full upstairs. I think I'm kidding. I'm not. God. Ben, how are you, pal? One of the best guys in the United States Congress, Ben Cardin. I just called this guy the adult in the room. Folks, uh, switching mics, that's not a delight to have you all here. And who are those good looking kids back there? <laughs> They're your kids, all four of them? Yeah. Well, stand up, guys. He's fucking doing a stand up routine, doing some crowd work. Yeah, he's doing bits. John, we'll jump back in here. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, considering uh, the moment. Like you. Um, we were, we were told that the shooting yeah. that just happened uh, left three children dead. Uh, three adults dead, shooters dead, and we were told you would be addressing this F off the top. Yeah, it's uh, rather surprising. I thought that a somber President Biden would have come to the podium here and addressed the school shooting. I can't believe I'm saying this. I agree with the Entertainment News Network. <laughs> uh, I, that, I'm guessing that, that didn't make look. it into your uh, bubble of the Internet, huh, Alan? It did not, no. no. That's okay. I'm in my own silo too. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't see that press. That's dude. That's that was, unbelievable. I was at a rally or something. That, that's pretty wild. No, that was like downstairs of the White House or something. I don't think it was a rally. It had a thing behind it about business, like small business. I think. Oh, okay. So it was a scheduled okay. thing about small business, and he just went up there and read the script. Hey, go. You know, probably <clears throat> yesterday morning or this morning it was written. You know, uh, small ban small talk banter. Hit your. You know, do all your hits. Ice cream. Talk about the kids. Right. Jill Biden's husband. Jill Biden's yeah, husband. Yeah. Mr. Biden. Yeah. Fucking. This is like George Bush was less embarrassing, right? I mean, that particular clip. Yes, <laughs> that was horrific. That was horrific. Anyone else like anyone else? Like I honestly, I don't want to say it, but I, I, I understand the people that are willing to say, I know everything that's wrong with Ron DeSantis and I'm willing to take a chance at that. If it just gets this guy out of office, I understand that. I think they're I not looking I, <laughs> at, I think that they're, they, so I can have a conversation with that person. Cause I could be like, okay, so are you more tolerant for these lack of, um, you know, these, these, are you, are you more tolerant for this form of government overreach where they say you can't do these things in order to, in his right. way, preserve freedom. Businesses aren't allowed to ask customers to wear masks. It's not mandatory by the government, but businesses aren't allowed to just have the choice to, if they prefer, and if they prefer to lose business and go out of business and be replaced by a company that doesn't tell people to wear masks, you're not okay with that. You want the government, you're okay with the government telling you that you can't choose to do that and fail in your own way. You're okay with I mean, you name it. He, we just talked about it last week. They employed undercover agents to go investigate a drag show, came back, said there was nothing, 
uh, inappropriate. And they said, yeah, you guys are probably idiots. I don't know why we paid you with taxpayer dollars to do that. We're going to prosecute them anyways. We're going to take over their liquor license like this, this. And you know what though? You know what though? I don't see these guys making it. I don't see, I think he's still going to have to answer for Guantanamo if he gets on the big stage. Mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't mean to I was turn bring it, it up. I didn't yeah. mean to turn it into that. We're supposed to make fun of the left. I, I when I do that, people think I'm a Democrat. Um, <laughs> I got a did you know, and I don't really know, so I'm going to just open this. Did I know? Oh, okay. Did you know that the character of President Joe Biden is based on Lloyd Bridges' Tug Benson from the movie Hot Shots? Do you remember he the falls car- downstairs exiting aircraft? He has no shots? idea where he is. <laughs> retorts with man, and in the sequel, Hot Shots Part Two becomes president. Okay, I'm done. Uh, Isn't he the guy that said, I got to stop, I picked a bad week to stop sniffing glue, or is that a different guy? Yeah. It is? I think it seems like him, but he couldn't have been old and then and old and hot. Well, it's only like 10 or 15 years apart. Yeah, okay, he could have done that. All right, well, that's good internal monologue. Well, that's making fun of the left. Let's move into our culture war segment. We got a sound for that. (laughs) It's another battle in the culture wars. Oh, not the culture wars. They're worried about a culture war. Culture wars. Stop with the culture wars. All right, got a couple of uh, (laughs) clips here about book banning in Florida. This is AOC grandstanding. Look at these books that have already been banned due to Republican measures. The Life of Rosa Parks. This apparently is too woke by the Republican Party. Song of Solomon is is unacceptable to Republican politics. 40% of banned books have report, uh, reported are significantly addressing and specifically addressing LGBT issues. You know this what I like Republican about her? Bill is at- I like that she parts her hair down the middle like the millennials do, even though I know she's a little bit, not millennials, the Gen Z does, even though she's, mm-hmm. I think she's slightly out of the demo. Mm, maybe. That's a good, I, I, that's, yeah. a good, that's a good pose. I pause it. That is a good pose. That is a good The government yes. to force the outing of LGBT people before they are ready. Not cute. When we talk about progressive values, I can say what my progressive value is, and that is freedom over fascism. Thank Gentlemen, you very much. All right. All right. That's uh, that's one clip about uh, books in Florida. I'm going to follow it up with another one on the same topic, unless you had anything specific you want to say about her. Other than um, what I no, said about I, how attractive I, I bought a t-shirt that says, uh, ban the fascists, save the books. Uh, That's pretty good. I, I'm a big fan. That's of. pretty good. Man, yeah, you're, like, you've been buying political, uh, 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 political t-shirts lately. <laughs> I have. Yeah. I have, yeah. You got the none taken one. You got that one. Oh, let me send you this. Yep. Okay. So here's the hundred, hundred year old Florida. So this is a hundred year old talking about the book bans. I'm here to pr- protest our school's district book banning policy. My husband... Robert Nickel was killed in action in World War II. At a very young age, he was only 26, defending our democracy, constitution, and freedoms. One of the freedoms that the Nazis crushed was the freedom to read the books they banned. They stopped the free press banned and burned books. The freedom to read, which is protected by the First Amendment, is our essential right and duty of our democracy. Even so, it is continually under attack by both the public 
and private groups who think they hold the truth. I'm There's a lot to talk about there. Um, I think for really starters, powerful, it is. Really, really powerful message, especially coming from from her, from somebody of that generation. Someone with that much I mean, experience, she, right? Like, Yeah, and also, like, her husband died for freedom, and she's like, this is bullshit. Like, that, that's not my... That's not my husband died for like that's i didn't watch my buddies die face down in the muck right right yeah yeah the um so so part of it that makes that subject frustrating is that i think you've said it before it's like man if if you're worried about your kid finding some literature and that (laughs) messing up their mind as opposed to like what they're going to see in the real world man like like i don't yeah i mean that's that's beyond helicopter parenting um that that's now, I've, I've heard of some examples of what they found uh, or what, what they banned, but not everything they did. They, they listed off the books in the, I mean, we probably couldn't hear it because AOC was being so obnoxious. They were pretty benign books. They were a history of like Very Rosa benign. Parks. Like, like it's not, yeah. like just because it, like don't you remember when we were younger, we got the line of bullshit from school and then we would learn from people that were older than us like hey, here's what actually happened there and we were proud to learn the truth about it. Yeah, absolutely. And now our generation has grown up to be parents and their kids are going to school and school has caught up and taught them what we learned outside of school that was the actual truth and they're teaching it mm-hmm. and they're going well, that's not what I learned. Sounds like you're trying to change America. It's like, what the, what the fuck happened? Like, what the fuck happened? Like, if you didn't learn it from E-Bomb's world, it wasn't real? Like, <laughs> Ah, man, I don't know where it went off the tracks. I mean, I don't know if you saw this today, too. The um, There's a song by Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus called Rainbow this, Land. This came up over the weekend. Uh, we went to a vintage store, and I put on... There's a place called Skull's Rainbow Rune down downtown in printer's alley and uh skull from skulls had a suit made by nudie and the jacket was on the counter there but the, i guess the guy he has a bunch of nudie suits and and mm-hmm. he had them out to show to a customer that was already there just to show them and i saw it like i didn't know it was a nudie i just was like dude that's an awesome jacket can i put that on he's like you yeah. can i put it on he's like oh, i saw one. the picture that's and he really told cool. me as yeah. i was putting it on i was like okay you're you're not gonna let me buy it he's like no <laughs> and in my head i'm like you can't afford it so it doesn't matter <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I apologize. So um, you're talking about so oh me and him we started talking about what you're about to say. So please. So the some school district um, in Wisconsin was supposed to have this song performed, I, I guess, at some sort of event, and they banned it. They said no, we can't have that. They didn't specify why. Oh no, they did. No, it was a lyric. Oh, it they? was okay. yeah. It was there was a part where it's like, why can't we live where you know the things that we want, we're free to have the things that we want, or be what we want, or something very. Oh, funny. I didn't. I didn't hear that part. Yeah, yeah it, it was something that you would have to, even if it's like a more aggressive way of saying that. It's something you would have to read, recognize that you're actively trying to prevent people from like having that freedom of expression and say well that's just gonna rile up people here that want to keep that freedom of expression like that's the only thing that you could see it as like it's just the only thing that i feel with these this whole segment of the culture war and maybe i'll repeat myself later Mm -hmm. um is that this just this is unsustainable because it doesn't reflect reality it just sucks that it's probably gonna cost us like a fucking decade like it's gonna cost us a lot to fight through all this shit like and this to have it like a work through all of us. You know, the only thing that we have going for us is the thing that brings it to us. Like, 
across. So remember when you were a kid, if you went to a friend or if you went to a friend or family member that lived on another part of the country, there was slang that you were using that hadn't traveled across the country yet. Yep. And then if you went and yep. saw them like six months later, they'd be saying it. Like that shit <laughs> right. doesn't get spread by word of mouth anymore. It gets spread social media immediately. So the same thing that's mm-hmm. bringing the bullshit to us, if we can be better educated consumers of it and not let it manipulate us, I think we can diffuse it and then it can leave as quickly as it starts, which is why I always try to say, I think we're at peak culture war, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> here's a, a Tennessee assemblyman or assembly woman, or uh, she's uh so the state is the state had passed uh, updates on their on their abortion bill once it became legal to from the Supreme Court. And here's a clip talking about how she lied at one point and then was confronted about it. Interesting to watch how they've had to fix the bill that you said had exceptions when you presented it a while back. Is that why you didn't stand up with those women yesterday? I, I hi there. How are you? Are there exceptions here for rape, incest, and life of the mother? Chairman Lynn. No, there's not. Mr. Speaker, I, I was seeking recognition because actually this bill does protect the life of the mother. There was an exception. So they, they the said no. They said no, there are there are no exceptions. And then she said, actually, can I get the microphone? And she said, actually, one minute later, she said, actually, I'd like to, to tell her there are provisions. There was an exception for the life of the mother. Yeah, I'm not really sure what you're talking about, but what I'd really like to talk about is Joe Biden and what an awful job. I got to say, the guy that runs the camera here, I'd love to get him on the show someday, so please take this the right way. The show's fucking called None Taken. I, I, he talks over her too much in this, but I get it because he's trying to keep her you know, keep her riled up and, and he's trying to keep her honest to what they're saying. He wants to talk over her, try to get a soundbite about Joe Biden, which isn't the fucking question. Literally what she's about to say is like, I'm embarrassed about Joe Biden and how she's about to talk about how we were instigating Russia by flying into their airspace, which Mm. like, fuck you, like, fuck you. Like if you want to talk about it, talk about how they're doing it too. And then you can say like, that's a fair response to people that freak out about Russia coming into our airspace. You say, you know what? I don't like any of this, but we're doing it too. But she's about to say it as if that it never happens from Russia. He is doing. He's, how, it's going to look bad because you're ducking Joe the fact Biden that you lied. Two you remember when you lied? You said there were nuclear, exceptions, and now they're nuclear up airplanes this is that carry nuclear bombs flying by Can Russia today. Is that a good Come idea? Was that a good idea for All Joe Biden to do? Your mess Joe you Biden is trying- yeah, it was a fucking question. So people said, hey, if we're going to pass this, I'd like to know if there's going to be exceptions for rape and incest or the life of the mother. And they said no, which was the truth. And then you went out of your way to say that it does. So fucking live up to it. Sorry, you might yeah. lose your job because you're bad at it. But you don't in, in government. She just ignores the question entirely and tries to talk about something so else. The only thing that's good is she's on the state level now, and hopefully this gets in the way of her getting reelected, but we all know how that's going to be because it's a red fucking state. Um, is it fair to call what they're doing making Tennessee a forced birth state? We've worked hard to protect those in the bellies of mothers that can't protect themselves. We've worked hard to protect the lives of those babies. If the babies can be born, we're going to deliver that baby alive and well. If we can protect the lives of mothers, we're going to do that as much as possible. Motion to... Do you hear that? If we can like protect the lives of... You want me to play it again, right? Because it's, it's almost, you're yes. like, yeah. Deliver that baby alive and well. If we can protect the lives of mothers, we're going to do that as much as possible. Motion to lay this amendment on the table. Can't really tell you what that feels like to have a colleague stand up and say, we're going to protect that fetus absolutely no matter what. Women, 
We'll do the best for you we can. Talk about feeling like a second-class citizen. That is unbelievable to me. That's not pro-life. It's forced birth. Who's going to protect the women? We're trying, but it seems no one cares about the women and the young girls. You are telling every woman in this state that they don't matter. This amendment would restore abortion rights and it will give Tennessee women their equality back. Tennessee is telling women that they are not equal citizens. 80% of Tennessee women support the legalization of abortion at some level. When that board lights up green, we will know how the bulk of folks in this room feel about women. I-74, 22 names. I have the motion to adopt. That's just how it is, man. The only places wow. in the state where, um, and, and I don't like coming on here and fucking supporting the Democratic Party. They're so fucking feckless. <laughs> but the only places in this state that have any non-Republican representation, which in our system means mm-hmm. Democrat, is Nashville, where Vanderbilt, Belmont, Lipscomb, forgetting a few other universities. It was called the Athens of the South because it was, um, we had a focus on education in Nashville. Mm-hmm. That was in the 1800s. It got that nickname. Um, the only places where non-Republicans have representation is in just coincidentally, right? I'm just naming colleges for a reason. <laughs> no reason, um, is where educated people live in Nashville and Knoxville. She's from Knoxville and there's wow. not a lot of them out there. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's fr- We're going to protect women if we can. We're it's, frustrating. Frustrating. it's frustrating. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah. Yes, yeah, an afterthought. So I guess I'll ask the question again. Is this making, is it fair to call what they're doing, making Tennessee a forced birth state? I, that, I have a knee-jerk reaction where I want to dismiss that because I feel like that's like saying pro-life instead of pro-not. So draw the distinction then. What is the distinction? I don't see it anymore. Like, I don't, I mean, if you're telling people that we're going to make sure that the babies get born and if we can, we're going to protect the women, I think that's called a forced birth state. Like that seems, uh, yeah, it sounds like hyperbole. Like it seems easy to dismiss. Like you actually have to like be invested to hear it in passing and believe it. Otherwise you have to hear something like that to be persuaded to believe it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to skip this. There's a Nebraska state Senator who basically goes fucking scorched earth with her colleagues. She's like, don't fucking oh. say hi to me in the hall. Actually, I will play it. You know what? Fuck that here. You really don't get it. You've crossed a line and you've gone too far. This bill harms me in an unforgivable way. And this is a line that you don't cross with me. If you cross it today, you're staying on the other side of it because you have done irreparable harm and you're doing harm to the body and to Nebraska as well. Don't say hi to me in the hall. Don't ask me how my weekend was. Don't walk by my desk and ask me anything. Don't send me Christmas card. Take me off the list. You don't know me. We have no relationship. Doesn't this sound like um, a dramatic Facebook post, by the way, about someone who like <laughs> stole their favorite does. parking spot at core fitness or something. And was like, I, I presume she's talking similar. She's saying that, uh, so she's vowing to filibuster all legislation if an anti-trans bill passes. Oh, okay. okay. And if you don't believe me, if you think I'm going to cool down and change my mind, you should believe me. Oh, ask my friend. I did it to her. No one in the world holds a grudge like me. Dude. And no one in the world 
cares Power less pose. about being Superman petty pose. than me. Cares less about, okay, I like her. I'm on board. I don't cares care. Less about I don't being like petty. you. <laughs> you yeah, aren't welcome kind of in my space. You aren't a safe person for my child to be around. Don't say it again in a second. Or any child, frankly. Don't believe me? You should. Don't believe me? Just watch. Uh, what did you say, Alan? You said something. I actually That was really good, but it was in the middle. You can't talk during the clips. I'm sorry. I got to find a better setup. You sound like a robot. Sorry. Okay, no worries. I was saying that, that 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 sounds like the kind of post you see on Facebook, and then the next day the accounts deleted. You know, they, they thought better of it. <laughs> yeah, and like, they've okay, reconciled. Hey, yeah, I went too. Oh, we yeah. have a friend that I won't name. Who um, I let's not say it was her husband's birthday, but um, and <laughs> late at night on not her husband's birthday, there was a very long Facebook post about you know, um, it was vague and it was mm-hmm. um, sounded a bit you know not clear who was directed at but something <laughs> something bad happened and then the next yeah. morning we all met at his birthday party including her so i don't know <laughs> oh and the post was deleted so i don't know ah <laughs> uh, uh, good times if i say anything else it'll be very obvious okay okay i'd like to don't say anything friendship. else then. uh all right um where are we on the sheet oh i gotta use my phone because otherwise it makes you a robot it's better if i do it this way um mm. Oh, this is a good phrase. I didn't know this phrase. So we're in the culture wars. So I think this does a great job at sort of encapsulating the culture wars. Have you ever heard the phrase semantic infiltration? No. Uh, well, don't worry. You'll get a definition. It's not the fucking clip. <laughs> it's almost better that way. I'll keep it all in. Semantic yeah, infiltration is the art of forcing your opponents to use your language. This is Lawrence O'Donnell. Did Lawrence O'Donnell used to be on Fox News? Mm, Can you Lawrence O'Donnell was the host on MSNBC. MSNBC. Okay, I knew it was a part. I, listeners, when I say I don't watch mainstream media or cable news, he still is. I, I, yeah, he, he is he on MSNBC now? Yeah, he's. Uh, okay. I think it's the eleventh hour. Did he used to be on Fox? I am all hopped up on Mountain Dew, man. Like I, they don't have caffeine in here, but it must be the sugar. Still, yeah. Um... Well, how do um, I... Yeah, I'm not seeing that he was ever on Fox. I think he was always a, a, a missing. Okay, guy, all right, cool. All right, yeah. well, he's about to talk about Fox, and I was like, I thought he used to work there. Okay, oh. mm. disregard. Rupert Murdoch did that when he created the TV channel Wait, he called... I need to start this over, because the context matters. <laughs> Semantic infiltration is the art of forcing your opponents to use your language. Rupert Murdoch did that when he created the TV channel he calls Fox News when it had and continues to have absolutely nothing to do with news. Many of the same people fall into the semantic infiltration trap of referring to abortion opponents by the term they created for themselves, pro-life. The anti-abortion movement has never been and will never be pro-life. And they have proved that once again, this time in South Carolina, where the anti-abortion movement is now pushing legislation that would subject pregnant women who don't want to be pregnant to the death penalty. Semantic infiltration. Wow. Yeah, there's been a lot of clips about um, the whole death penalty thing that have been submitted. Uh, do I have somebody send this mm-hmm. in? Or I, found this, I guess I found this on my own. Probably not. Um, whoever sent this, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's the biggest example of this culture war bullshit where they're like, I'm pro-life and they're like, 
Right. But what happens when the, someone's life is on the line? Well, I'm pro the life of the thing that I care about, which is abortions or murder. It's like, okay. Can you separate that from like an individual circumstance? And like, just like, if you can, like, if, like, I just feel like, okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Prove to me that this isn't ideologically driven and a dogmatic viewpoint. If I can say you can still ban it, you just have to carve out these very small exceptions that have to be provable by whatever way you means test it. Cause we can negotiate that part later. Right. But, sure. So mm-hmm. can you make exceptions where it will cause death to the mother and It'll be, you know, like say a baby has um, scoliosis or something, right? Or uh, not scoliosis. There's that form where it's like, it's going to be a stillborn baby and it's going to cause the mom to die. Are you saying that we need to make hospitals afraid to perform a life-saving abortion because they might all be charged with With murder and given the death penalty? Like, can you make exceptions for that? And if you're not willing to make those exceptions then it's, it's clear cut. You're being ideologically driven. Like it's not, mm-hmm. I, and, and like, I mean, I, I, I'm not being facetious. Like, by the way, Joe, pick up that word. You don't have to say, I'm not kidding. You can just say, I'm not being facetious. And you sound better. <laughs> I'm not being facetious. Like the, the, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. I want to see if you're willing to be reasonable because I'm reasonable right. too. I can meet you somewhere where we both feel comfortable. And there's just no budging. And I just, I don't understand it, man. It's, it's well, not self-sustaining. I, I, like it's not reality. Like sooner yeah. or later, we're all faced with reality. And I feel like that can't, there's just no, there's no real momentum. It's just sugar behind it. Like this Mountain Dew that I've been enjoying. It's delicious. <laughs> I understand it maybe less than you do. Um, I, yeah, I don't get it at all. And to the point in that clip is, you can't call yourself pro-life if, to your point, you're going to allow a woman to die in childbirth to a stillborn infant baby. Like that, that that's not pro-life. That's pro your ideology. Yeah, yeah. Well said, Alan. Um, I'm going to skip this clip about uh, they're suing to include uh, in Utah. They're suing to have "In God We Trust" taken out of the um, pledge to the flag, which, again, like. Like just in Utah of all places. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's got to be somewhere where they're they've mandated it, right? So you got to have a cross oh, yeah, section yeah. of people okay. that are yeah. willing to challenge it too. I'm gonna skip that. Um, I think this probably is the best clip to close the culture war segment, but I need to open it on my phone and let's see. Let's play the roulette wheel, Alan, see what it actually opens. Uh, this I think this is a really good ending for our culture war segment. This is like a really, really big thing that's done to brainwash people is if you have some really dark agenda, you basically wrap it in this hyper, hyper, hyper trendy cause. That's basically how you get through any dark agenda that you want. You just gift wrap it in a trendy cause. You go, who believes in the trendy cause? And then everyone goes, yay. And then you even pick the people that are trying to actually do good. You frame them as the bad guys by cutting them out of context, put them in the media. And now the very people doing good things and trying to help, you can demonize. And the average person doesn't even want to look deeply enough into it. And they just jump on the trend. And you can basically just manipulate the masses like that. It's completely insane. And it's going on constantly. And it, and it keeps us at, it keeps the societal progression at a bit of a deadlock because it means that we can't have real debate about the best ways forward because we're basically just stuck on like manipulating large groups of people that just get easily swayed this is like a 
Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like that summarizes. Uh, cultural I feel like that well. summarizes a lot of what we said in like after multiple <laughs> clips in this show. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, um, we haven't been avoiding it. It just fits this part of the show. So let's get into our big stories. Uh, and, you know, really the, the biggest story that we got to talk about. Um, and I don't say that like we got to, like I don't want to. It's just, it's a sad story. So in Nashville today, a uh, 28-year-old um, bio- a woman, born woman who identifies as a man uh, went to a Christian school in the west side of southern nashville with two rifles and handgun i believe is what they know of mm-hmm. and shot three students and three staff members Adults. yeah yes and then they i don't know if they shot themselves or they were killed by the police i believe the police took them out okay um it's a couple of clips let me play this clip to, to sort of for this episode's going to air in two days. I'm sure everybody who's listening is familiar with this, but of course, yeah. yeah. Let me let me play this sort of. I guess set the the, the table. I mean, we got to have something to know where we're starting from. This is our anchor point. So here, mm-hmm. we know at this point that this shooter is a female. Uh, she appears to be in her teens, although her identification has. This is the initial report. They changed that. Not been confirmed at this juncture. We know that she was armed with at least two assault. You know what? Let me skip that because that's all changed in the meantime. So, um, so how will I transition to this? Um, you know, I mentioned what she was armed with. Um, you know what? If we misgender at this point, one, fuck this person. If the worst thing we do to them is misgender them, they got it easy. Uh, the uh, that's me being a tough guy um they i i guess what i mean by that though is i don't know yet as the time of this recording if we're supposed to say he or her and i don't think it really fucking matters monster this monster yeah i i've heard everybody that i've heard discuss it on the news uh or press conferences etc has referred to her as she so i, I don't know if that's going to change but so pronouns go out the window when you do a bad thing yeah you didn't have to say yeah there. I bullied you. I didn't. Because you know what I, I'm going to follow it up with is Caitlyn Jenner hit that woman the day that her big story broke that led to, uh, you know, uh, man of the woman of the year. I didn't do that on purpose, the man thing. I don't think I heard what you said before I said yeah. Oh, okay. All right. That's a good excuse. Yeah. There's a lag here. Zoom glitched, I'm sure. All right. Um, so there was a. So news crews were there really quickly. It's very close to downtown. Um, not that it would matter, but I, I wasn't surprised the news crews were on the scene immediately. Um, and this woman who's about to tell you she's from out of town, this woman walks up to the live uh, recording and basically grabs the mic for her political grandstanding moment. That's Aren't you guys tired of covering this? Aren't you guys tired of being here and having to cover all of these mass shootings? I'm from Highland Park. There's a podium set up for, I'm guessing, the... Um, like a police chief or something like yeah, that to come yeah. out to. Yeah, and she's just close enough to it that she started talking loud enough to be picked up on mic and then walked up to the mic. Honestly, dude, like, if you want to get all Atlanta didn't ever burn on this, like, it was a little weird. You could hear her so well from the beginning, and that microphone was a little too conveniently staged. So anyways, aren't you guys tired of reporting this? Aren't you guys tired of coming down here? Like, everybody she's talking to... I'm sorry, she's being cunty. Like... The, like, of course, nobody there is fucking happy about this. Of course, nobody there 
is excited about coming down and reporting on this. Like I, you're, your fucking rhetorical questions, I, I, when I know that they're attached to, um, your agenda in this moment, in this fucking moment, like an hour after it's happened, it's just not the fucking time for it, man. Like allow people to fucking grieve without turning on the TV and seeing you talk about politics. Family vacation with my son visiting my sister-in-law. I have been lobbying in DC since we survived a mass shooting in July. I have met with over 130 lawmakers. How is this still happening? How it's kind of weird that that lady's there. Although all that really means is these things happen enough that there's enough parents out there that are coincidentally near a shooting and have been lobbying well, in front of Congress. So I don't know if you're aware of how much this has blown up since that happened. This woman, this, um, this piece here. Yes. Uh, should I her, play the rest of it or fuck her? Well, I, let me just provide some context. Okay. Um, so first of all, the, that video that you just played is, was retweeted by Barack Obama on uh, Twitter today. I'm great. Um, I'm really glad that I said all that she, first. Okay, tell me how God fucking is telling me that I was wrong and I overreacted she, in my opinion. She, she's been on multiple cable news channels, which is why I'm aware of it um, since then being interviewed. She just happens she to be vacationing in, in Nashville. It's even, it's even stranger than that. Um, so she is an Like activist. Stephen Paddock stranger? I'll get there. She's an activist. I don't think Stephen Paddock's Stranger now. Uh, she's an activist. Uh, one of her kids apparently was in a, a, a you know, they, they weren't weren't killed, but they were at a school where a shooting occurred. And so she is now part of an activist organization that's nationwide, uh, consisting of parents of, of people who have been impacted by school shootings. Um, she was actually meeting a, a a person who was a member of that same organization for lunch or was scheduled to that day in Nashville when this happened. And the way she found out that it happened was the person that she was supposed to meet called her because her son's school got locked down because her school's, her son went to a school that was near to this school. Yeah. So they locked down all the, all the schools in the area, right? And so this person she was supposed to meet for lunch uh, calls her and you know she's hysterical. She tells her what's going on. Um, so she decides instead of going to lunch, she's going to go to the scene. And then this ensues where she ends up being able to get on camera and speak her piece, so to speak. Um, so th that's just the background. If we want to play a little bit more of it. How are our children still dying and why are we failing them? Gun violence is the number one killer of children and teens. It has overtaken cars. Assault weapons are contributing to the border crisis and fentanyl. We are arming cartels with our guns and our goose loose gun laws. And these shootings and these mass shootings will continue to happen until our lawmakers step up and pass gun safety legislation. I'm pretty sure this was an unsecured weapon that this teenager got a hold of. We can't even pass gun safety, like safe storage laws in this country to protect kids from getting a hold of weapons that they shoot each other with. Is that it? So, so yeah. So while I take your point that, you know, obviously, can we just mourn? This is maybe isn't the time for you to get on your soapbox. But I, I guess the counterpoint to that was she saw an opportunity to get her message out and she took it. And, and you can judge her for that if you want. I, I don't know. I, I think if, if my child had been in, impacted by a school shooting, I mean, I already have strong opinions about it, but you know, obviously my opinions would be stronger if I actually experienced that. I don't knock on wood. I don't even want to put that out yeah, there, but, yeah. um, but like, 
I, I get it. I, I, I kind of understand. It. But don't don't you also? And I guess I'm ignorant to it, right? But or I can't possibly imagine the emotions. But I have a pretty good imagination. Um, yeah. Wouldn't I mean? I would imagine having been a parent that went through that. I don't know that that's what I would want to hear at that moment. Mm, yeah, that's like fair. I, I would think that there'd be more empathy and let like what what did she just do? Like what did that do? Are, we, are they going to ban? I kind of made it. Are they, yeah, no, I, I like guess what's that going to accomplish? Could, other than one can say she kind of made it about her. Yeah. Um. But but also, I mean, again, one could say that she took a moment to to convey a message that she's never going to have that kind of stage in, in her entire life, likely. Um, yeah, I get and that. And for yeah. her to be able, you know, that's you know. She took it. I, I get it. I understand. It just seems like I find it annoying when people go online and start saying either way, like big, strong opinions within the first few hours of these things. Yeah. Because it's just yeah, like, and dude, I, I, like I, I do get that it's off putting too, because it seems like she's trying to, you know, either way, either way, like people are like, well, before you get upset about this, you're not taking my guns. It's like, dude, just give me a fucking minute, man. Like, give me yeah, a and the way minute. she the the way she kind of talked with some almost yeah. like she had talking points prepared. Uh -huh. Yeah, it seems I, I get that. I get what people would be off yeah. by that. I understand. Yeah, if you understand the background, I think it makes more it sense. does. And I'm glad that you shared that context. Yeah, um, you know, I had about mm, so we didn't know the identity of the shooter for a while at all. And then we found out it was, it was a, a woman. A fellow student or something. Yeah. yeah. And and then they said it was a teenage woman. Mm -hmm. Um they also said that uh well, I guess to talk about that. Then they then they then they said it was a twenty eight year old woman who identifies as a man. Actually, or trans person. Let me let me come said, come back to that. Come back to that. Okay. Uh, I'm okay. gonna set that up better again. Um so first they said it was uh, a, a teenager. And like a teenage woman, teenage girl, and <laughs> who am I, uh, Gates, <laughs> 17 year old woman. Um, Jesus. So first they said it was a teenage girl. And then they said, and, and I had a moment there where I was like, perhaps, and I was foolish. I was very foolish to mm -hmm. have had these thoughts, but I thought perhaps given the context of things that have been going on in this state lately, maybe this person had been whipped up into a frenzy about their being drag queen story hour or something at that library or, mm. you know, LGBTQ books in the library or groomers as teachers or whatever. And they went down there to show them what for. And I got about an hour or two of that. Like, Alan always says hope's not a strategy and there's really no reason to like hope for anything in a moment like this. But I just, I don't want to see a subject like what we're about to step into and shit, we're talking to the future. So what the next 36 hours have to show could be pretty, pretty upsetting uh, given the fact that that was foolish of me. As we all know, this is a trans woman. Man, trans man. Trans woman. Okay. I believe. Got to get better at knowing which direction to go with the... Right, uh, right. Um, and yeah, so instead, the right's going to have a field day with this. All the Republicans are going to say, see, these deranged, mentally ill people. Mm. 
are in fact going to kill your kids. And when we try to say that that's not the case, uh, from a perspective of reason, they will have this to point to, and it'll be really hard to convince that emotionally charged opinion otherwise. I could see that. I could see that. Just to provide a little bit more context about what we do know so far. Um, oh, yeah, because so the fact that the- this is Monday night, like, really, anything of certainty in terms of the opinions we're stating here are very foolish and misguided, too. Yeah, so the the school was a private school. It's a Christian school. In fact, it's inside of a church. The Presbyterian, um, right? I believe so. And, the Frozen uh, Chosen. person... The the shooter had uh, apparently attended this school um, as a as a youth. Um, they left a manifesto, which I haven't heard any details about yet. And they also had very detailed plans, um, maps, etc. They clearly surveilled the the school and had a plan for what they were going to do. Um, they even had plans to perhaps go to another location, which but they decided not to for whatever reason. Oh, whatever reason. Well, there, there's because we don't know that at this point, I don't think. But there is speculation that perhaps they resented having to attend this school. Um, and one could think of reasons why a person like that might not, you know, might not want to be in that type of school. Um, and so that's why they did it. But that's it's all speculation at this point. And obviously, when this show comes out, I could be 100 percent wrong. But that's that's just what's out there. Well, you're right. We are talking in speculation. So, um yeah. You know, one probably, you know, actually, I want to elaborate. I'm sorry. The speculation that I've heard is, um, you know, in our group chat, Slickets was like, well, what kind of solutions would you like to see? And I'm like, I don't know, something other than fantasy land of banning guns. Because if you ban guns, you're not going to get rid of the ones that exist. So now you're just going to pass a law and I hope you feel good about it. And then people are like, well, what about Australia? Australia, where 20% of the guns were bought back? Okay, so 80% of the firearms are still out there. Like it's you can't do anything about it. Like like I I get the concern making the guns go away is off the table. It's not going to happen. Stop burning calories on that and come up with a better solution. Well, what kind of solution would you have? I don't know. Something short of you misinterpreting me and saying and when I say, "Look, I'm not saying we should arm the teachers. You're going to hear that when I say this. I'm saying don't disarm the teachers if the teachers are competent. And maybe you have a school-approved way of determining that. Actually, you probably should, as any business should or organization should. Um, and, and, And just don't make it very clear that this is a place where nobody will be able to stop you. It's a suicide mission either way. It's whether or not you're going to be able to get it. How long does it take for the cops to get there? Two minutes, a minute. If they're on campus, will they wait outside? You know, then the real cops might show up and come in. Like that, you're gonna have a time window to inflict the damage you hope to do to be famous. That's best I can understand this mentality. Um, and they're you're gonna pick a place where you don't think someone's gonna stop you twenty seconds into it. And I think if in the back of your mind you can wonder if someone behind that door is packing not you don't know that's the whole it's the same way we have uh, kept nuclear warheads from going off for the last 70 years is the presumption that a rational actor will not let you get away with this the speculation that i saw was that she picked this school because they knew that uh they, they, they chose this school as opposed to other targets because it was less secure um, I'm going to skip the video cause it's a very loud helicopter sound in the background, but they were like, 
the school did everything they were supposed to. They have all these active shooter drills that they partake in. They have a plan. They have a plan, except glass doors on the front. Shooter shot out the doors. Now your doors don't do anything. Yeah, that's okay. So she did uh, shoot out the doors. That's true. That's how she gained access to the building. Um, yeah, I don't. This is a tough one, man. It is. I don't like. I said a minute. She... I said several minutes ago that any strong opinions on this are probably misguided. We're gonna do a show, anyways. I feel comfortable saying the things that we're saying so far. If we're wrong, we're wrong. We'll talk about it on our on the next show. From initial reports, they obtained the guns legally, or at least some of them, if not all of them. Um, and the same day, trout fishing license. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, well, so the laws, whatever they were, you know, didn't, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, was this person mentally ill? I, we don't know. I mean, because we've talked about that all, a lot being a, you know, something that that's an issue. that. But them being trans be is not a symbol of them being mentally ill. And I feel like that's the thing that's going to Oh, no, get, of course not. I know, but that's not. the thing that's going to get exploited. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I get that. Um, oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry. You never do. No, that's no, why no. I do that so much. I uh, know. You said uh, uh, they're mentally ill. Maybe that wouldn't have mattered anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Secure. They 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 were speculating to do this place. This person is. We, we've talked about that a lot. We've talked about it a lot about mental uh, mental illness. So if it's if it's not if it's not either of those things, then then what can be done? I I don't like the idea of armed teachers. I just I recoil at that. I I, I feel it's, like it's I would not want my son so to, to be in a classroom. I would not want my son to be in the classroom with a, a, a teacher who is armed. It just, it just feels that, I don't know, that feels wrong to me. I don't even have a, that's just a visceral reaction. I don't even have a good argument for it. Well, it's, it's a private like, school. No. Yeah, of course. I, and they, they could have policies around it if they wanted to, I, I suppose. Um, there is a, uh, there is statistically, that's where I was going. Statistically, since the pandemic, school shootings have gone up pretty significantly. It seems like a bunch of maladjusted middle schoolers are now in high school and worst case than they ever were. Clearly there were was you in the group I, chat before I, the show. Cause we were going back and forth no. for a while. I think you missed a lot. Thrash was talking about that. He's like, dude, every, like, he's like, I know that you guys always say that the young kids are worse than your generation. He's like, man, but like each year that we've been back with the pandemic, the freshman classes are more and more bananas. He's like, these are just yep. fucking goblins, man. Yeah, I I did I wasn't in the chat for that, but but so statistically that's there, and we've talked I've talked about on the show, you've talked on the show about the knock on effects for what happened during the pandemic with kids being not in social situations, being isolated. We don't even know the impact that's yeah. going to have on our society in the decades to come, and I think we're already seeing some of those impacts in situations like this. So again, what do you? There, there has to be some way to address that as a society. And I don't, I don't know what that is, but I feel like, but that's, that's the problem. Issue. That is the problem to solve, right? It's like, you know, so, so if you trot out Australia as the example, and I counter with only 20% of the guns were bought back, the reality there that you have to face is something about Australians culture, despite them being the fu fucking wild West and founded by, by uh, prisoners that say, <laughs> Oh no, yeah. despite all that, they have something in their culture that's different than ours. And for there's something about us, not us, but you know, our population has a tendency yeah. to devalue human life on a case by case basis more frequently than people there would. Correct. I mean, is that a way so it would seem, 
Okay. Yeah, I think that's that seems accurate, yeah. Can I say something that is very much in the camp of one should not make a strong statement on this? Um, naturally, I would like to make this statement maybe tomorrow, and I'd say thank God we're recording on a Tuesday. But mm. my, my first response, so I told you before how I had this fantasy land where it was going to be somebody worked up about, you know, all these groomer stories. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. my, well, my, my first thought once I found out the identity of the shooter uh, was... No, perhaps this is just a, a perhaps like it, I, you, I'm under the impression that this person might not have been a wonderful person to be around. Maybe they had a lot of demons they were dealing with. Um, mm. you know, maybe they have a few close friends. Maybe they don't. I mean, I would certainly imagine being a loner, Could be either a way. lot of sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, maybe they're, maybe they have some friends that kind of tolerate them despite their mood swings and, anger and things like that. We all know people like that, if we're honest, you know, sure. kind of angry people, but you're like, yeah, but I know that guy, I like that guy, you know, but they're kind of on the edge. Like, you know, hope you don't have a bad day or skip your coffee or, you know, um, whatever. Right. Um, now you take that person and now you have them told repeatedly that they're a demon and they're everything that's wrong with society and that they're not a fucking human. And all the shit that's going around, especially regionally here with trans people. I'm not saying that that's what made them do it, but I am saying that perhaps that same person without that additional bullshit on top of it, maybe wouldn't have killed six people today. I mean, like it might just be enough to bring them down to a normal asshole that will, you know, destroy someone's property and fucking thrash out at Sorry, thrash, thrash out, like get into a bar fight, like, you know, just be someone with some bad impulse control and just all the things sure. that come from, uh, as we've speculated, some mental illness, but you know, you, we, you're allowed it's, to exist where, you know, there's a whole you're a person. Of, yeah. Yeah. The but, straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak, is what you're, it's what you're, pretty easy to imagine that being true, isn't it? I can, I can certainly imagine it. Yes. And like, I mean, do either of us, I mean, like, fuck this person, Right. Like, sure. I'm not yeah. giving them any like excuse for any of this. I'm just saying. <sighs> well, I think what you're saying is that we have to understand there's impacts. There's impacts to these 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 things that we th- this rhetoric that is as being parlayed in public spaces. There are impacts to that there when when a senator, a congressperson, when, when they go up and they, they talk about this stuff like that. There are impacts to that when when society or, or people in society in, in power um, are, are going to tell you that you're garbage and that you, you're not a real person. There's impacts to that. And we have to understand it. We can't talk like this is just all we're just throwing stuff out in the ether or whatever. There, there are real impacts to real people by those words. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And it just I just wish that our leaders would step up and be able to communicate that. If we're going to have leaders, that seems like the role of leadership is to say what you just said in a way that doesn't have to alienate anybody. Like that was the thing, like we said half a show ago where I was like, you know, Joe Biden's his own sack of bullshit, but at least like, I didn't feel like he was going out there trying to purposefully divide people. And then he goes and fucking hairbrains said this. I was going to put him, we're just like, (laughs) we deserve better. Like if we're going to have representative government, we we just, we, you know what? We don't. Because we don't demand better. What's that thing that Mike O'Mara always said French chefs say? He, he has that friend that's a French chef. He says it like every five episodes. Do you know why you have such bad food in America? Because you tolerate it. 
<laughs> it's true. It's well, true. You get the leadership you demand. Um, all right, let's get out of that subject. I do have a clip about Ukraine. Um, okay. Someone sent this in. Paul and Wei, I think, have sent in clips from this Peter Zian guy. Um, and maybe other people. I'm not sure. But uh, this is a clip from Peter Zian. Maybe I found it on my own. Peter Zian is the guy that uh, did that, the book that I've been reading, The um, the End of the World is Just the Beginning. Yesterday I asked chat GPT, are there any... Fucking goddamn it. <laughs> Number two, Russia has never, ever, ever backed down from any war without one of two things happening. Number one, the government collapses at home. I think the chances of that are minuscule. Number two, they lose at least a half a million soldiers to combat. We're at about 100,000 right now. So the Ukrainians either have to attrit four times as many forces minimum as they have to this point, which would be bloody to say the word, or they have to trigger a mass fatality event. And they have a way to do that. The Crimean Peninsula is an agricultural zone. Roughly three million ethnic Russians live there. But it's all irrigated. 80% of the food production there is with irrigation. This blue line right here, that's the Crimean Canal. Its sluice gate is in Kyrgyzstan, and the Ukrainians now control it. They're not going to turn it on come planting season. The way Ukraine probably is going to win this war is by triggering a 1980s Ethiopia-style famine in Russian-controlled territory, which is where the best troops that Russia have are currently stationed. One way or another, the scale of this is only beginning to be felt. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, um, I hadn't heard that before. I'm reminded of what Crowis Hohen said, pretty much the same thing when he was on the show that Russia, you know, if they don't lose half a million, they're not, it doesn't even, they're like, oh, you know, we got plenty more we can throw at this thing. Um, my question about the shutting off the irrigation is if that's the case, why didn't they do it in 2014 when Crimea was initially invaded? I don't understand that. Why wouldn't they have done it then? No, it's a good question. Um, I was too busy thinking of my own question about Crimea. I guess my answer would be they still had hope that it could have been ended. Like, why go that far? Also, I yeah, think... It's been eight years. I mean, uh, oh, 2014. You... 2014. Yeah. Oh, because there were still ethnic Ukrainians there, which goes into my question. So okay. what's what's Ukraine's biggest challenge with retaking Crimea? It's a goddamn fortress. And they're all can... Russian now. Like nobody right. Ukrainian or with sympathy. Well, and just Ukrainian. the geography of the Crimea makes it very difficult to assault. Yes. Uh, uh, unsinkable aircraft carrier. But, okay, yes. their second biggest problem with Crimea <laughs> is that everybody that lives there is Russian now. Everybody is Russian. Russian. Yes. Russia did what Israel's doing uh, very mm. quickly, and they established Russians there and got rid of, yeah. uh, we'll say, got rid of the Ukrainians that live there. And it already had a, a high population of Russian sympathetic people who live there. It, it did, yeah. yes. Sure. Uh, because for a very long time, and they're only getting a little bit better, Ukraine was a pretty corrupt place to live. Uh, there's a reason why yeah. they're not in NATO. Um, this, however, as a solution would, and I, it hopefully isn't, uh, wouldn't have to be his last solution because that has a similar sounding plan that somebody else used. But if this were to be the last solution that um, Zelensky had to use, would solve both of those problems. It would 
give Russia its mass casualty event, and it would get rid of a lot of the ethnic Russians should you try to repopulate and retake that land. Yeah, the fact that that makes sense doesn't really make you feel better, does it? This guy's really good, no. but he never makes you feel good. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm just thinking of the humanitarian toll. I, I, that would just be horrific. It's going to look but... really bad back in that, right? That's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to be like, <sighs> yeah. good thing we've given him uh, another $100 billion or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, say you do get through that moment politically, 20 years from now, people are going to talk about the truth. And they'll be like, hey, of course. that was a decision. That Remember when we people. did that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. This is we shit on all of a sudden. Yeah. See what just happened right there. Like, wow. Yeah. Get people to jump ship real quick. So maybe that's the answer to your question. They're trying to get international maybe. support. They're like, we can't do this in 2014. Perhaps. Um, do you want to go out of here with more Gwyneth or should I ask you a question? Mm, Let's just, ask let me, me a question. Let me just play one Gwyneth. I can't help it. Okay. Let me play this one. <laughs> okay. All this right, is fine. a good one. Actually. Said, I think you skied into me. Yes. And that I said, kind of in life. I mean, I'm, may I ask how tall you are? You were wearing yeah. goggles, a helmet. I'm helmet. Yes. Are you good I... friends with Taylor Swift? No. <laughs> Overruled. You're not good friends with Taylor Swift. I would not say we're good friends. We are friendly. I take my kids. I've taken my kids to one of her concerts before, but we don't talk very often. Are you good friends with Taylor Swift? <laughs> like in what context? Do you, I don't know. Uh, overruled. I don't know. Sustained helicopter bitch. <laughs> I don't know. I just had to hit a button. I'm sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> let me ask you a question. This came up earlier and I was typing on the show with my keyboard and I thought of this. Um, Alan, when you type while you're texting, do you look at the screen or do you look at the keyboard on the phone? Oh, I'm looking at the keyboard on the phone. Isn't that weird? Me too. Yeah. But yeah, that is when weird. you type while you're typing on a keyboard, your fingers are I flying. Look you're looking at the screen. I started looking at the screen while I text. Mm -hmm. It's kind is of it hit or miss, but I think I'm better. But it's like typing. It's like typing looking at the screen once you start to transition from hunt and peck. Or you remember that feeling? Yeah. You're like, I don't feel safe here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel, I guess. You're able to hit the because... autocomplete a lot better. Really? Yeah. Instead of now the... where you're like popping up to look at it and then back at the keyboard, like if you're just looking the whole time, it's right there. I have big hands and the oh, touchscreen is you're the so one. like, <laughs> the t <laughs> I, I, I kind of like, I'm confident on a keyboard that I will hit the key I intend to hit. I am not at all <laughs> on my touchscreen <laughs> if I'm not looking at it. Like just not at all. That's it. That is an interesting point though. Yeah. I thought of it. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> oh, I had this, this was supposed to be my last question. Let me ask, oh, let yeah. me ask you this. I accidentally played a clip that sort of spoiled this earlier and I bit my tongue, Alan. See, I tell you something, <laughs> you never see the times that I don't do it. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting so much. Um, uh, quick, quick question. Israel came up and uh, Iran came up earlier. Um, I have a quick question for you. Um, how many days would you think it's been since they, they said Iran was 12 Iran. days from a nuclear bomb? <laughs> Seems to me it's been at least two shows which i think is two weeks At least two weeks which is 14 yeah. days now we're just yeah, on a monday so maybe it was only 13 days but it, i feel like it might have been longer than that even it feels like it's been a couple hey weeks. Yeah. what was going on in the meantime was israel having trouble politically at home yes yes they are now let's they just recap are. the audience that didn't read the same book as me and you every time the u.s and iran seemed to be able to put the knives away and come to an agreement what happened Israel intervened. That's so weird. <laughs> Probably not weird. related, right? 
probably not related at all. You know what's funny, though? <laughs> the whole reason we overthrew the democratically elected government in uh, Iran in the 50s was because we were afraid that the parliament there, led by Mossadegh, was going to, uh, because he had talked about nationalizing the oil companies and because the oil company was British Petroleum, our ally, and had a direct line to our CIA... Because, uh, because we, in the U S there was perception that he was, since he was talking about nationalizing the oil company, right. Right. That made them think he was going to be a socialist, which made them Mm -hmm. think he was going to sidle up with the USSR, but he never wanted to, they just wanted to be independent and finally have control of their own shit instead of it being the Russians, the the French, the British or the Shah. Yes. Who were puppets for all of those. Yeah. And instead we overthrew their government to keep them from joining the Russians. And what's Iran doing now? <laughs> joining the war in Ukraine with the Russians. It's so funny. It's so funny. Like you got it. Like, like if you could read this in a it's, history book after we've all died from thermonuclear war, you would laugh. You'd be like, that's pretty funny. It's, it's a tragic comedy, but yes, it is, it's, it is quite funny. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, I say we go out of here on that high note. Helicopter, bitch. Helicopter, bitch. It <laughs> was a fun show, man. That was a long one. And I think fun. today's news definitely um, called for it. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Toaster, I hope you liked right, it. Man. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. When a guy's banging you, y'all let me in his damn house. Oh, how about that? Come in the name of peace. L-M-F-A-O. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. Cat turd. I will not suffer this harlot. <laughs> how great an anti-American Marxist. Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. China is asshole. God bless United States. <laughs> now this is podcasting.